0: And welcome in to the Andor After Party presented by us, the Penny Bloom Podcast. We finished Andor today, and therein, it's time to party. I'm Colton Robertson, and I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie?
1: Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here.
0: Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. Today, we've got Andor Episode 8, titled Narkeena 5, Um, and... What an episode that was. Mm. Uh, unsettling in essentially every sense of the word. They continue Sad. to be... Uh, uh, they, they're not pulling any punches in their political messaging, which I continue to really, really enjoy. Um, I got a few things in this in this episode, not only on the prison industrial complex side of things this week, but uh, even on the Mon Mothma side of things. We got some more political... Uh, real life uh emblematic things going on in uh in Andor so I'm excited to get there. Mm. But uh man over overall how'd you feel about this one?
1: Oh man, we got we got a character I that I did not expect to pop up in this episode whatsoever. Um I don't, I mean I don't know if we wanna Wait in, until we get there, or we nah, just we jump around just, a little bit. A couple,
0: jump. couple appearances that I wasn't expecting. You know, I knew Saw Guerrero would be in this episode at some point, or in the show at some point. Not necessarily. Oh. The I was gonna say it was
1: like it, it was known that he was gonna be in this episode. I Okay, the I was episode. like, whoa. Okay, uh, but not. Oh I, uh, yeah, true. And I, I forgot. Duh. Of the yeah, other, he's in the I, yeah. He's in the uh, I was he's talking in about Saw Guerrero. The- um, first initially is who I was, uh, talking about. Well, I didn't it's even funny think about
0: it. Um, I texted you this morning. It was like, there's a, there's an appearance in Andor this week. That's making me very happy. Mm. Um, and that was before I got to Saw Gerrera. Wow. Um, it was, I was talking about Andy Circus popping yeah. up as uh what? Kino? Kino yeah. Loy or something like oh, that? Dude, uh,
1: he was so good, man. He's always so um, good. I
0: fucking love me some
1: Andy Circus. Yeah, Kino Loy. Kino um, Loy. Um, Maybe already, a f- favorite already, character of the episode? Nah, I don't know. Maybe. Well, yeah, I'll, already, I'll now I got to talk about it a little more. I think.
0: Yeah, already all sorts of uh, ridiculous theories online about you know Andy Serkis having priorly played fucking Snoke in the Star Wars universe. It's got the idiots running amok.
1: Yes! No! I'm back. I'm backing him. I'm backing him 100%. Don't it's, be like that, bro. This is where Snoke gets his start. This is I, This is where he gets his hatred from the universe. Palpatine selects this guy right here, the best performing manager. On this random floor, oh, Palpatine's a. No, are chest. we getting
0: a little bit of a? Are we getting a little bit of a Superman for the quest for peace sort of thing with Emperor Palpatine creating a clone of himself? But he's like, you know what I need? I need some Kino Loy personality up in here. Let's go ahead and bind our DNA.
1: He needed. Create- yes, no. he got the. He somehow figured out the force. You know, in cloning, somehow with uh, uh oh my God, what's her name? Uh, Omega. Um. Somehow figured oh, yeah, out that poor. part with Omega, poor. and then he was like, you know, I got my cloneness, you know, my part, I got Omega's part. The part that I'm missing that I need from a an Empire leader, a, you know, a Sith Lord, is ultimate efficiency. And what does he select? What does he go into the, you know, the world between worlds to see who the perfect creature for this is? Kino it's Boy. the squid game. Manager-esque, like, you know, was this the most Squid Game kind of shit? Like, it, like, it, it it's literally a Squid Game and Star Wars had a baby. Yeah, this I mean, episode.
0: I never, I never watched Squid Game. I never got around what? to it because, uh, nah, I what? know, I know. It was you know the phenomenon. concept though? You know yeah, the concept? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, but, yeah, uh, yeah. No, okay. yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. The, uh, the dystopic, uh, if you don't, succeed at this quote unquote game, you know, Kino Loy talks about playing and I'm you guys are playing against each other, I'm playing against the other floors. Mm. Uh and Andor goes like P- playing. He's like, mm. yeah, call it whatever the fuck you want. But yeah, like they're competing to not get tortured. Uh so like uh yeah, I get the I get the concept there. Uh But uh, are you ready for a, a scene by scene breakdown Ooh. of this year episode of Andor? Yes,
1: uh, sir.
0: Narkina 5.
1: Let's get into it.
0: Alrighty. So we kind of kick off here with Cassie and Andor, uh, aka Keith Gergo at the time being ushered away by some really shitty, uh, shore troopers who are, uh, assigning all the prisoners, all the new, newly jailed to their different transports because they're getting placed in different prisons.
1: Not and, really uh, a single white person amongst them
0: no yeah it was uh it was very very uh, i felt that was very purposeful and uh for very obvious reasons it felt like very obvious uh you
1: you know it didn't hit me until kind of um later on in the episode whenever uh cassian's kind of looking at his number after the dude you know kind of jumps on the platform i'm jumping ahead whatever but like it, it hit me then that it was like oh. Like, this is how the Empire kind of just either gets rid of minorities. They're like, well, they'll either kill themselves or they will work for us as a slave and output as much as possible until they die. Mm. Like, and and it didn't hit me until then that that's, like, what was happening. Like, I thought that this is just how prison is in the Star Wars universe. You know, it's just very efficient, whatever. But no, it's like they – the Empire is just like, well – they can either be of some use to us, or they die. Either way, they're like that. It's a win for the empire, and it's like yeah, I was like, really. "Oh my god!" Like, it's
0: definitely a. Alar- it's also very, very interesting that these prisons. It's another example of the empire being extremely anti anything but humans. Mm. These are these are still prisoners. But the prisoners ah. who are going to do the work and are viewed as efficient are okay. nothing but humans. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, it's still like uh, huh. there are levels to it, you know? They're racist against every other species. Oh, damn. Species. So it's like... And the, and the white humans are racist against the other the other races of humans.
1: E So it's like if you're a non-human, you just get killed. Probably, like, straight or up. More,
0: the, more of the... Killed
1: or in a cell. Yeah if you're a human and you're white, you might get off.
0: I and you're uh, huge... and not to mention men, none of them are women. Uh,
1: Oh, I didn't, yeah, yeah none, I didn't
0: even... not none of that. Like the people they're sending to work are human men so that they can, uh, they can get the most out of their labor. You know, uh, that's, that's the perspective of the empire. I has the feeling, um, mm. uh, and uh, we'll get we'll get more and more into that and how it kind of mirrors our, our actual real life prison industrial complex in the United States a little bit later on, because it's uh, it's quite alarming when you're looking at something so dystopic. And uh, you can kind of go, Huh, ah, well, I mean, you look back and I took I like looked into it after this episode because I was just like, I know I know for sure there's some alarming alarming things here like 1980. 330,000 people nationwide incarcerated. 330,000. Today, nearly 2 million people incarcerated. Over the course of 40 years, the increase is almost 2 million. 1.7 million. Uh, That's in the United States. The amount of crimes committed in 1980, 13 million. The amount of crimes committed in 2019, Eight million, and the number just continues to climb and climb and climb uh it's uh it's kind of uncanny that's uh it's happening here now and what happens in our prisons uh prisoners are forced to for cheap to free labor oh yeah like it's uh this this one is potentially the least subtle
1: ...of the episode so far and its political messaging. Like, it's... You know, the day that I found out that, like, prisons make license plates, like, the license plates, like, that's, like, a prisoner's job. That's, like, just what mm. they do. Like, I don't know, just because, why not? It's free. Like, it shocked me to figure that out. I'm like, wait a minute, that's just, like, like, slave labor. And then I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it, 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 it through license plates... Made me realize, like all well, of this, like, I was like, "Oh, wait a recent, minute!"
0: <laughs> in recent years, when the wildfires were are still raging, but were raging, mm. uh, volunteer firefighters, sure, we'll get some of them, but you know who we are definitely going to send in there? Prisoners who get to try and who get to try and put out fires. That's a real fucking thing. Look that up. uh Yeah, it's it's jarringly horrifying. Um. And man, it's just our, our our prison system is is an atrocity, and I think that you know, wow, we don't necessarily have electromagnetized floors that make you uh that shock you if you if you if you step uh, step out of line. But I don't know if you watch any movies, Dude. Um, I mean, like <sighs> think back to like I mean, obviously the Shawshank Redemption we saw pretty blatantly, but that was more a corrupt warden. Being being the way he is and profiting off of that, but to like blind spotting. There's that scene where David Diggs is with um, Miles's son, and he's like, uh, "They're sitting by his bed, mm. and like, oh hey, I made one of these. I, I made these in prison." And uh, he was like, "You made this?" And he's like, "Well, probably not this exact one, but yeah, we made we made a lot of them." And it's like, "Damn, man! Like that's some." That's some mm-hmm. shit right there. Uh, and like we, we're only this far into the episode. There will be far more things to talk about with the way they run these prisons because it's so fucking interesting. Uh, the psychological warfare that they're impl- implementing on, uh, on their, uh, on their counterparts, but uh, we haven't even made it there yet. We're just on the transport. So, uh, Damn. let's push forth. Sure. We get a really nice uh, transition here between the, uh, the the jumping on the transports where the music swells really, really loud and then it just immediately dies out when it cuts to the corporate uh stand Bureau of Standards. Uh like it's like completely dead. No sound. No music. Just no life in this place at all. So no no background noise. And uh we see our, our boy the Narc, Surreal Karn, uh, you know, pretty much just hating his life uh, as he's approached by a couple of, uh, by a few Imperials. He's like, Oh, look at them. Look at them. They're coming this way. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. They're for me. Okay. I guess I'll, uh, hop on up and go with one of you. And one of them happens to be Deidre Miro's little sidekick that's been following her around. So that's been a nice little clue as to where this was going. And, you know, we had all those theories about how Deidre and, Mm. uh, Cyril would come into contact and it's, uh, just insane that I didn't think, oh, last week when she was assigned to Ferrex, that she would, you know, investigate the incident on Ferrex and who was a part of the incident on Ferrex. Oh, this guy. Uh, yeah, don't know.
1: Don't, yeah, how do we? Yeah, it's
0: kind of pretty massive oversight. It's pretty much o-
1: the officer who led the attack on Ferrex. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know why we were like. He's going to twist his knob until he gets some ISB information. And then they're going to investigate him. And then it's well, going to be like, oh, yeah, is- I was the Ferris guy. But we never just connected. We were, we the-
0: were in a roundabout way. Yeah. Right. Because he was twisting his knob until he got information. Fair, you know, he kept, he kept filing false reports until you know they got it. Yeah, no. no,
1: we are right. We We in, were right.
0: In a, in a really sick and twisted way. Yeah.
1: That the it's ISB didn't, I go out and find him. It was really him, n- not knowing that was going to happen. Yeah, but he was waiting in, it. Yeah, he was wanting it to happen. He he was trying it. to
0: get some attention, and he got yeah. it. He Got it the way he, he got it in the end. But yeah. uh, uh, I like the way this episode was edited because it's really like a uh, boom, boom, boom. Like we're back and forth all over the universe that Andor is set up. Because uh, mm. we cut straight from that scene, him getting picked up right into the prisoner transport that Andor is a part of on the way to Narcena five. And he's asked to kick off his shoes and he's, uh, the, the cuffs magnetized to the sides of him. And he's in a real state of, uh, you know, immense fear. I think that anytime you lose control over sure. your body, um, in a way that, uh, you know, uh, inhibits you to do anything that'll, uh, that'll get you.
1: That'll I was day. I was thinking, you know, talking about like how we we like to see the cameos this episode, like Andy Circus. I'm like, man, maybe I give Andy Circus the performance this episode. But it's, it's like without a doubt Diego Luna. It's like, got to
0: be Diego Luna. Like it was he just did too fucking good cuz he's way different this episode than he's been in any of the other episodes. You know, we uh he's we meet-
1: legitimately scared. Like like and confused scared he's like Mm -hmm. i shouldn't be here like i didn't do shit
0: i'm just a tourist kept saying i'm just a tourist i can't like i'm not supposed to be here later on what did you do nothing yeah we've been getting a lot more of that lately
1: like man man no it's no it has to be him there's no way but yeah i thought it was
0: interesting that we we cut these early scenes between Cassian and Narc back and forth a lot because immediately after this this brief stint on the transport where his cuffs get magnetized and he's in a panic he's bo- his feet are bouncing we cut to Narc over here whose feet are bouncing as he's about to meet the ISB agent Deidre Miro. and uh this was uh this was another hell of a scene one we've been waiting for and I'm thinking uh anyone who was worried about a potential uh loving and romantic connection between Narc and Deidre. Hopefully your your uh, concerns are quelled. Because I've never seen two people with less sex appeal.
1: But um, that's exactly how the relationship would work. <laughs> They're like, I recognize the business potential you have. That is sexier to me than anything else
0: i'm if I, telling like, you, man, if they, they if they eat. ever hook up and like we see them like kiss on screen i'm gonna be like this is some of the most vile shit i've ever watched
1: oh no 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 it'll be kind of like a big bang theory kind of like sheldon and uh amy or not amy uh <laughs> no what's her name what whatever where they they have an understanding where it's like they don't have sex they are a couple, and they only have sex to produce a baby. And yeah. until then, they will not. They um, will not. Yeah, they just, have, they just have an understanding. <laughs> um, I love it.
0: But she comes in, and she explains that she's the, uh, she's the lieutenant of the Morlana sector, and he's all, uh, what the fuck happened to Blevin?" And she's like, I'll ask the questions, bitch. Uh, <laughs> and uh, she explains that she was planning on calling him in. To fill in some g- gaps in the report after the Ferrex incident. And, uh you know, Narc is like, uh, yo, I never uh, I never read that report. It's not something I ever got a chance to do. They made me sign off on it. I never even never even looked at it. Uh mm-hmm. It's not some shit I did, you know, and all that came after she is like, so you filed like five false claims against Cassie and Andor about him being all sorts of things and what he, what he is and what he does. And he's like six actually. Um, and she's like, wasn't counting this morning, smart ass. Uh, <laughs> and ultimately, you know, this, uh, this scene just continues to hammer home how these, these two are, uh, just the biggest narcs in, hmm. uh, in all of star Wars as of yet, uh, you know, narc, Claims that Cassian is a murderer And a threat to the Empire And it was in that moment that I like Recalled like Everyone during the Empire Has like their The rebel And the imperial counterpart Where it's like Vader is searching for Luke Skywalker Between episodes 5 and 6 And Karn's out here Looking for Andor the whole fucking time And like Talus mm. is looking for The rebel's crew and they all they all have their like personal beefs
1: hey i with- mean to be fair to give narc some credit which i hate to do he andor really is quite the threat to the empire um i mean when you put what he's done down on paper for for uh, the rebellion and what he actually put a, did put a dent in some shit for them narc he 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 is right in saying that he's a big threat to the empire. Um, right.
0: So. But I also think, uh, at this point, yeah, what we know he's done, sure. This mm-hmm. is a personal beef. This dude killed two guys right. he worked with.
1: You're right. That's not and why. He's all of doing
0: a sudden, that. he's yeah. a threat to the entire empire. Nah, bro, he's a threat on your masculinity. You're feeling insecure. Okay, you realize you're not as good as this man at things, Fair. and that makes you want to. You makes you want to get his ass. And what's right. crazy is that, like, man's in prison right now. If he just knew that, he'd be just fine.
1: That is insane. Or, yeah, all or these people. Would he? Like, everyone's looking for them. Yeah, like if they. That's the thing. If they find out that he's in prison, is it just like he's dead? Like, oh, well, I guess we know he doesn't die, obviously.
0: No, yeah. Uh that's the thing is no. I think Narc wants to bring Andor to justice. And I think mm. if he were to ever realize that Andor's in prison, it wouldn't be good enough for him.
1: I see. That's what that's what you were asking. And yeah. Yes, you're you're definitely right. I, like, think he, no. I think you. I think
0: he's holding a grudge until he gets a chance to kill this man.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, or at least try to. And he, you needed, know, it wouldn't be good yeah. enough. It wouldn't be good enough for Luthen either. Um, mm. because Do you really think
1: oh, Luthen wants to kill him? Um, until some
0: other opportunity where he becomes useful again arises. I, would uh, like, the logic that they've been using in explaining why he can't be alive, I think it has to maintain, you know? No, I uh, know,
1: but, like, that's that's the real reason he's slipping up. It's the reason he's, like, keeping the Ferex line open. It's, like, I think he just, he, he's taking a liking to Cassian. Mm. Luthen has.
0: But they're waiting to hear from Sinta...
1: To confirm that they've killed him. Oh, uh, okay, fair. I don't know. I just have this feeling that, like, Luthen doesn't really want to kill Cassian.
0: I guess we don't know for sure that it was Luthen who made that call. You know, it was Clea who told Vel, you know, you've you got to take him out. He knows about him. And that's not good.
1: So I guess uh, why would he be hesitant? Why was he hesitant to close? I know I'm kind of jumping ahead there, but was there a clear reason that he was hesitant to closing the line?
0: No, I guess we'll, uh, we'll get there here in a little bit, but, uh, hmm. I do think, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I think it was just in hopes of hearing back from Bix and, uh, Fair. Or not Bix, hearing back from Vel and Cinta. Um, and I don't think that, uh, that goes over incredibly well, uh, for, hmm. for anyone involved, but, uh, yeah, uh, but we were on this scene with, uh, uh, Deidre and Cyril and, uh, it all, it all wraps up when she decides she's going to see her way out and, uh, we cut away because she's, uh, she's got some bit, bu- she's up to some shit. She's a busy, she's a busy woman. She's got things to do. Mm. Um, but we, yeah, that kind of, we...
1: that interrogation room is kind of sick though. The... Oh
0: yeah. Well, and it was just so like, like the, the pure white, thing that they've got going on this whole episode reminds me of george lucas's first film thx 1138 and reminds me a lot of like 2001 a space odyssey and like these sorts of like uh just dystopic sci-fi films like i feel like they're they're harkening back to them quite a bit like even a clockwork orange vibe i got it out of this mm. at one point the synthy
1: uh, like the soundtrack this episode was very like stranger things a clockwork orange like mm. kind of in that realm um right and i don't know i it this this show is insane like diego luna uh he like tweeted a screenshot of a review of this show and it was that like the review was basically saying that Andor isn't just a good star wars show it is just good television like this is yeah. phenomenal television and like I, I, sw- I swear, you don't have to know a thing about Star Wars really whatsoever. If you just give this show to anybody, I I really think, like, a lot of people find it enjoyable.
0: Yeah, um, you do not have to have prior knowledge of what the conflict between mm-hmm. the Empire and the Rebellion is. All you gotta know is that there is an Empire, and the Rebellion is forming, and yeah, that's... You know-
1: You'd have you. You could not watch a single Star Wars movie, a single Star Wars show. You could come into this be the first Star Wars show ever, and you would still understand everything. You might not get the weight of Saw Gerrera, you know, or and be like, "Oh my god, that's fucking Saw Gerrera." That was um, kind
0: of the first time they've uh, they've expected you to rely on previous knowledge, and maybe maybe it could one. just be
1: It could just be. Luthen is a guy. He's a well-connected guy. That's just one of Luthen's. Like that's what people will see him as. It's just like a high-up rebellion leader. Like that's what they'll. I mean, well,
0: with his own with his own rebellion. Yeah. going On because nobody so, wants to work with Saw Gerrera, and Saw Gerrera doesn't want to work with anybody else. More <laughs> accurately, <laughs> um, but this uh, this next scene is them arriving on Narcena Five, and the scene where the the ship the transport like tips over. Mm. And we see uh Cassian start to look out the window a little bit. Sorry, mm-hmm. this is
1: playing for me, which is a problem. Okay. Oh, dude, it's it's gonna be a bitch to escape this. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, you're surrounded by water and uh the the sheer fear this man is feeling in this moment, uh the way he like looks down and sort of realization like, oh, I'm going back to prison you know cuz he's he's been in prison before he's he was in prison for 3 years when he was 13 to 16 and uh uh not not a fan cassian of the good old uh the good old clink not mm-hmm. exactly his ideal place to be and uh who can blame him because this place looks like it's gonna be hell
1: yeah um yeah. But, and those things go deep too it yeah was... this
0: goes very far underneath the water. it seems to me um and man, that was just uh that was just a startling image the and there's a few of them out there, like mm-hmm. th- I think there's like three in this shot alone that we see of them pulling up in,
1: and Cassian was split up amongst transports that was like going to different planets, yeah, like completely different systems too. This is just one planet one prison like that wasn't ins- that was i don't know that was nuts they were literally just funneling them out mm. just oh man how is this so dystopian but so real like god Crazy. damn it man right. like i'm yeah. like i'm explaining this like yeah this is star wars television show like oh yeah no way this is could ever actually happen oh wait a minute like
0: yeah uh it's uh it's startling <laughs> but uh after that brief glimpse, we cut back to Deidre in an ISB meeting where she is breaking down her uh her findings. Uh, and you know, she has to she pauses for a second and trying to get uh Admiral Yolarin's attention and he's like Eyes shut, not paying seemingly not paying attention, and he goes, I'm listening. And you're like, Okay, okay. In a room full of men, you know, it's kind of uh Mm. like it it feels like it would be a shoe in for some of these imperial shit bags to not be listening to the woman
1: yeah well what's the dudes the that part part of gas yeah, yeah. She, she, he
0: comes through and supports her he's like she has convinced me that something is going on
1: uh yeah, he's like ah damn uh, he's like he looks at her like i i know I need to do this he's like it's the only way it's going to, like, get through to him, you know, as if it comes from right. me, basically. Right. Like. Um, so, I do know. Part of Gaz, like, he's still kind of a real one. As far as Empire Bastards go, he's somewhat okay. Um, yeah, he's, got, he's, got,
0: he's got his wits about him at the very least, you know. At least he's willing to listen to the woman in the room. But, uh, yeah, they, uh, they they discuss this Axis figure who has uh, been been stoking rebellion across the galaxy, been able to influence things everywhere he goes. And uh, it's the same character that she was asking uh, Nark about a little bit ago in that interrogation room. The dark boots and the trench coat. Didn't get a real good look at him. He's an older guy. Um, Axis is Luth and Rael, as we know, but they do not. Uh, and alarming that they're... Like you know, Partagas goes as far as to say, like, uh, "It's alarming how little we know." But for me personally, it's alarming that they know
1: a of this
0: like, uh, like a figure like Axis exists. Like that's yeah. uh,
1: they know of this in the first true. place. Yeah, it's nuts. Like this is the rebellion, and they know of it now, <laughs> and, and it really... just started.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they got a hologram of Cassie and Andor in the middle of the room spinning because they're like. This is the guy we need to find, guys. We need to figure out things and ask him, which is part of the reason why Luthen needs him dead. Um, If the Empire is actively searching for a guy that they are well aware exists, uh, yeah, it's not gonna... It's not gonna go
1: Does Do they fake his death? That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Is it like... Let's see, when he starts out in Rogue One, well, he keeps the name Cassian Andor. You think if he faked his death, he'd probably. Maybe
0: Keith Gergo
1: dies. <laughs> You're right. Well, they, they, but the ISB and them know him as, as Cassian Andor, though.
0: Yeah, but like, uh, if he's got all these falsified identities, Cassian Andor's a falsified identity.
1: Yeah, but then he still goes by it?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I try. I try my best. But, uh, <laughs> uh, Ms. Deidre Miro over here is like, Ferex was a mistake. And it's one he will regret. It's time for us to strike. We need to drill down, find Andor, and get a hunt started. And we exit that with a shot of the ISB surrounding a hologram of Cassie and Andor. And it is then that we cut back to, uh, Narkina 5 where uh the prisoners arrive to be greeted by folks in interesting shoes you know they make an emphasis on the prisoners feet bare feet and they make an emphasis on the guards interestingly orange accented shoes and uh yeah not uh not great you know the way they break it down for them here about how uh you know oh how could we be so nice as to greet you without weapons, you know?
1: You want to know where my brain went? Where my brain went with, like, what weapon they actually had on them that they just said that they didn't have. I thought that they were just going to kick them with the boots. I thought that they were just, like, really heavy boots so that they could just ah. kick them really hard.
0: Um, right. Like like booster boots. Like, if you, like, yeah. make contact, like, Phew. That's literally what I thought was. That's hilarious. No, they're Insulated. They're insulated in some in some meaningful capacity um, makes
1: so much more sense. It is so brutal it, like so oh, this is brutal.
0: amongst the most terrifying imagery the empire has utilized and uh what might be my favorite line of the episode just because it's i don't know it's it's hard to listen to, and it's hard to realize, but when this guy next to Cassian looks at him and goes. Breathe deep, brother. This might be the last bit of fresh air we ever get. We ever taste. Uh, no. Yeah, that shit. That shit hurt. And, uh, yeah, you know, the guards all, Welcome to Narkeena 5! This is an Imperial factory facility. You guys are worthy of labor. Congratulations! Now, uh, you'll be transferred to wherever you need to be. Uh, and everyone will explain to you what you're doing. Uh, but, uh, you're probably wondering, why are we so sweet to you? Why are we so kind? Well, let's let's show you. Let's show you what we've got going on. He goes ahead and whips out a good old little clicker of some sort. And uh, it breaks these dudes down in almost horror movie type imagery, the way they're like bending and stuff. Like, and seizing and stuck in their place. Like, that shit was freaky. And that was level one of three.
1: Fuck that. Um, Mm -mm. Because, like, with electricity, it makes you grab onto it harder whenever, like, it... So, like, if you grab a wire that's hot, like, you tense your muscles and you grip it harder. So, like, that's why, like their hand is just firmly planted and one foot's, like, firmly planted while the other limbs are just kind of flinging off is because mm. the two are just so firmly there and the other ones are just tensing and, like, oh, it's, like, so... Oh, it's just... Br- it's so brutal. Like, this is horrible. Like... Oh, dude, it
0: was... It was... It was scary. It was scary shit to look at, but... uh And, like, Cassian, this has got to be... I pray this is down as bad as he gets. Um, I hope it doesn't get worse than this for Cassian. Uh, cause this is, God damn. this is bad in a bad way. Yeah. Um, but after this, we, we cut back to Deidre going to visit Nark again in his little, uh, interrogation room where Narc explains, yeah, I have read the report and this is a fucking disaster. Uh, my, my, uh, my commanding officer did some terrible shit here. Didn't explain anything. Didn't explain the fact that Andor had obvious uh, accomplices in the town already. And like that very detail was interesting to me because like, hmm. it couldn't have been more blatant that the people of Ferex were helping, you know, like they were like, at like, and they obviously didn't, inflict harm on anybody you know they didn't actively do it. they were warning him though and so it's interesting that uh nobody uh nobody took note of that which you know it's interesting that nobody took note of that and they still stomped down on Ferrex the way they did mm. you know like they didn't even know that shit happened and they're like fuck it send a garrison out there and let's really fuck shit up but uh this is where Deidre asks him about uh the older man Andor was with tall <laughs> wearing a cloak, and uh she's like what what's not mentioned here and he's like, "Ah damn man that's a it's a big question he was wearing a and I like that he just goes into his outfit
1: yeah mm-hmm. great
0: cloak gray gray, green, dark boots, uh
1: they're expecting something far more than that." Um, yeah, yeah. He's
0: like, I could tell you what he was wearing that day, and will likely not. Rock. And they were all
1: looking at each other, like, "Oh fuck!" Like, uh, really?
0: Yeah. He's like, "I didn't, I didn't get a good look." Uh,
1: he's like, "I heard his
0: voice though, and I'd recognize it." And They're <laughs> like, "Okay, you."
1: That is an interesting detail, though. Um, that they it throw come in come back around. It'll it'll like almost
0: certainly come back. A guy
1: around. who changes his appearance quite often, but his voice somewhat remains the same. Well, yeah, he does a good job
0: of trying to change it though. Yeah, when he, he does. He does. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know. He affects the more real dark
1: Harrison Ford ass voice whenever he's uh whenever he's his dark rebellion persona. So he's heard it, he's heard him in Luthan voice. Actual yeah, not Luthan in, voice. Not in
0: shop owner voice here. One moment.
1: You're right. He'd probably be like well i guess i don't know he really goes all around the universe though kind of or galaxy though so i mean
0: but like i was gonna uh, say, I he'd know probably that... be
1: most likely seen as the shop owner if like he were to be seen and well i guess i don't know how would narc make himself into that shop um eh who knows who knows i
0: don't but uh, they're like go back to work at the bureau of standards get the fuck out of my face i'll never see you again and Nark's like i can't stand for this i was a good deputy inspector i was good at my job i solved a double murder and found the killer in two days yep and then you really fucked everything um nice nice letting that go um but this is the first time Deidre and him start to see a little eye to eye as he's uh as he asks can one ever be too aggressive in the pursuit of order which is exactly what Deidre Miro has been doing within the ISB, overstepping her bounds, continually trying breaking rules with that they have set up in the service of order. Of uh, so that's probably a reasoning that resonated with her a little bit, but you know, yeah,
1: she's that's not, their hard uh, on.
0: Yeah, but that's... she's not. She's not having it. You know, she says, "You ra- you. You do that shit one more time, and it won't be me speaking speaking to you." Okay. Forget this shit happened. Get the fuck out of my face. Um, and I was like, okay, okay. Who's she
1: referring to?
0: Probably, I mean, probably some sort of enforcer.
1: Maybe just like, like yeah, not like a person, like in particular, like yeah. it's not like a named person, yeah, right? Probably like, not. She's Pro- not. It, I mean, it'd be crazy okay, if she was like, yeah, I'll get Emperor. Vader
0: on your ass, you or know, like, like, yeah, um, it's
1: obviously not like. <laughs> I I an ISV agent here can can sick the emperor or vader onto to people yeah
0: um but mm. uh, but we uh we do cut back to narcana 5 here and he he has to strike the on program pose which is head above his hands above his head uh eyes forward feet flat on the floor and uh they uh they explain how they're going to uh, you know, take him take him down to where he's heading and uh a late oh. arrival amongst their ranks, which I thought was an interesting thing to key in on. Uh the way they're like, where's your partner? Well, there was a tech problem on one. They'll he'll be here in a second. They were short down there. I'm he- I'm here now. I d I I don't like I don't know if that was just like a world building mm. tool to like let us know that these Guys are real dedicated, or if it's like this partner was doing some other shit, um, which would be interesting.
1: Mm, yeah, I didn't pick up on that. I didn't think about that at all.
0: Yeah, and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't key in on it too much. But uh, they usher Keith Gergo down to the floor where he meets Kino Loy for the first time, and I heard the voice, and I was like, "Huh," because they don't <laughs> zoom in on him for a second. Yeah, do and the I, whole little, yeah. <laughs> doing the whole Leonardo DiCaprio, and then they they get closer, and I was like, yes, Andy Circus.
1: Uh, oh yeah, five, he's going
0: level five, room two, D is for day shift, seven tables per room, seven men at each table. I was like, okay, okay, what's up, Kino Loy? Uh, he's a hard ass. He's not fucking around. Forty nine men in the room answer to him, and uh, they all play against each other, and he plays against uh he plays against the other ta- the other uh, rooms this mm. is the first interesting psychological tactic um that is a prisoner kino loy he is not he is not an imperial officer of any kind he is one of them but they placed him in a place of authority granting him a degree of freedom and power over his other uh prisoners and it makes him feel superior; it makes him more inclined to do what they ask of him, and I would be willing to bet they take the candidates who are most likely to you know oppose them and be powerfully vocal against them and are efficient and good at what they do to the point where people would rally behind them and go, "We're going to give you privileges the other people don't have um so I think not only is Kino Loy obviously being manipulated by the empire to be willing to do the shit he does um but at that point now the enemy of the people on this floor is not necessarily the imperial guards mm-hmm. it's kino loy another prisoner and uh that's wow, the guy wow. they're gonna hate you know like they're not they're not necessarily get, like and obviously it's like an overarching yeah we hate the empire and stuff but uh I mean, once you've been imprisoned by the Empire, I have the feeling you don't become an imperial loyalist or anything. Um, uh...
1: I mean, it's either you die in prison, you stay in prison for your entire term, and you get out hating the Empire, but probably too tired to do anything about it because you're probably worked to death, basically. It's like, Mm. man, it's like no matter what you do, you have to escape. It's like the only way like 100 percent.
0: yeah and uh you know the the only people who it seems would end up still being imperial loyalists are the people like kino loy who they put in charge of shit and who uh they treated slightly better than everyone else on the floor um but he goes on to explain their operation here it's a 12-hour shift productivity is encouraged and uh you know, if they do well, they'll be rewarded. And, uh, he's, he explains that he's been assigned to table five. Uh, and that for the day, he'll probably just be, you know, watching, uh, watching them do things and sorry and shit to you, but you're going to get fucked. You're going to get fucked over. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's, It's not good for table five at the moment. They're in last place on the day. You know, they have been a man short all day. He explains that all the tables play against the other tables in the room. And he plays against all the other rooms. And, uh, he just said, you need to understand one thing most clearly. He has 249 days left in his sentence. And he has a free hand in how to run the room. And he's like, I'm the top of this level. Okay. I run this shit. And you will keep that the way it is. I'm not going to stay here any longer. You come in and you work your ass off. That's how things are going to be. And it was uh, instantly a very interesting uh, interesting character to be introduced to here in Kino Loy and an already compelling performance from Andy Circus. I look forward to. Now, you know what's funny is I'm like, now I'm hoping episode seven was like kind of a one-off to set up this three-episode arc. And then, like, now we can spend three episodes. I No, I
1: I didn't expect to actually, I think last episode we said I think we spend a whole episode in prison, and that's it. I Um, Like, we don't get out or whatever. But, like, I'm kind of wanting to stay in here longer. I don't want, you know, Andor to have to stay in here for as long, you know. I want him to get out as quickly as possible, but, like, I kind of like the storylines that are happening here a little bit, so. I'm
0: willing willing to bet that This was the beginning of a new three-episode arc. I think that we get this, 9 and 10. I think 9, we spend the whole time in there again. Maybe they're planning an escape, and 10's the escape. Uh, Meanwhile, 11 and 12 will be our, like, culmination of the whole thing. But uh, it's here that we are introduced to everybody that works at
1: Table 5. Uh, Okay. Uh, Because in Clone Wars seasons, didn't they... Sometimes break up the arcs, mm-hmm. like they would do, like a little one-off episode. Because it could be that eight, nine, ten is the three-episode arc here, and it's the prison arc. But seven, eleven, and twelve is the three-episode arc that is that has the prison one like sandwiched in between it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, because the last episode was basically like Luthen and Mon and all of them getting set up, like Mon trying to get her uh money back uh Luthan being like yo yeah i did that shit i'm goaded um yeah it felt like, like, it
0: felt like it was just setting up the whole back half of the season really uh just just what everyone was going to be up to yeah, the it, rest of the time
1: it set up uh marva getting her yeah, rebellion marva. spirit on it set up you know yeah it set up a lot of just little things that Need a whole lot more focusing on in my opinion. So I tend to agree.
0: I tend to agree. But uh it's here that we are introduced to everybody that works at table five. We've got Jembach, uh Zal, Zol Goodman, if you will, Taga, Ulf, Ham, and <laughs> the most the most important introduction is Melshi. Mm. Um which one was Melshi? Melshi is the one who comes up to him later and is like, "You need to accept that you're going to be here forever. No matter uh, what that, no matter what that counter says, you're never getting out." Um, he does get out. Him and Andor both get out. Melshi dies on Scarif.
1: Yeah, wait. Oh, yeah.
0: With Andor, he's one of the rebels who storms, who storms Scarif with him. Like this is a. This is a character introduction that is huge in understanding how Melshi and Andor find their way to the Rebellion together now. Um, None of
1: this clicked at all.
0: Well, because he gets a name drop like maybe once or twice in Rogue One. He's just he is just a side oh, character. Oh,
1: okay. I was going to say, yeah, I'm like, like, wait, did I miss? Not
0: guy, he's not a big character. And the only reason I even keyed in on it is because I read the Rogue One novelization where they do spend a little bit more time explaining that Melshi's Melshi becomes a little bit more of a loving type figure, and uh, he's, uh, a, he's he's a good guy, and they go into his mindset a little bit more in the Rogue One novelization. But uh, yeah, so they said this is Melshi, and I went, "Oh fuck, yeah!" Like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna meet a few uh, potential rebels here, and I guess I it makes sense. Look,
1: yeah, they got to come from somewhere.
0: The cast list for all these guys, because every single one of them looks so goddamn familiar, specifically, uh, Jim Taga and Olaf. Um, I don't think they're officially listed on IMDB or anything yet because I've been looking all day trying to, trying to see. And, uh, there's not a lot, not a lot helping me out there, but, uh,
1: there's only two prisoners, Carlos. Did you, I don't know that. I think that was the guy that said the breath of fresh airline is what it looks like. Mm. Um and then another prisoner that doesn't have a picture at all. Steve Brunton. Um, yeah, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. So,
0: but yeah, these are the these are the dudes I'm most excited about because I mean, if we have Andor and Melshi in this crew, a couple dudes who go on to be rebels. You got Taga, who's doing sign language with other other hallways. Um, they're, they're, they've created a system to talk to each other. If it's not a universal star Wars sign language. Um, I feel like, uh, feel like we got something brewing with, uh, with table five here, mm. but, um, uh, you know, they're working their asses off, you know, they were down one man. They're like, maybe he'll grant us a little credence. You know, he did a, f- he did it once. And they are like, yeah, that was months ago. Ain't no fucking way that we're going to be able to do that shit. And, you know, it's, it's cool because they're like, they're rallying around each other. Like they're, they're, they're talking each other up. They're like, come on, guys, 42 minutes left. We can rally. Um, we can do this. And they're like, okay, okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting how these dudes find in, in a situation where there is complete bleakness and you just, you're not getting out. They found a way to make it, uh, at least not exciting but uh, they found a way to try and encourage each other in any way they can you know because i mean like if they they know they're
1: getting shocked at the end of the shift yeah is the thing yeah like they know know damn well they're like going into it because he even says like maybe we'll get it in the next couple shifts or like the next week or so later on right he's like maybe we won't get shocked within a week or something like that and i was just like oh yeah i was like
0: no no like chimbok later on is like yeah, rough day getting shocked twice that's uh that's not fun um but yeah they're they're just mostly explaining the dynamics of the table whose each position is what everyone usually does and uh they're interrupted whenever uh kino is called called in because the productivity in his room on his floor is not acceptable it's not something that they're okay with. And he's like, all right, everybody, listen the fuck up. Y'all need to get your shit together. This will be a sprint segment. 39 minutes on the tone. Everybody get your shit together. As always, the least productive table will be disciplined. Oof. Yeah, and the way they all just kind of, yep. they all slump over, they all stand there like, yeah, we're fucked, man. And uh, what do you think it is that they're building? Like I didn't what, think what,
1: about that. Okay, I'm. Yeah.
0: I'm fairly certain that these parts are going to go st- straight into the Death Star, and that's the horror of it. Is that Cassian and Melshi, at the very least, are helping build the thing that will later kill them.
1: I and, mean, in order to build something like that, it only makes sense that something like this would need to be done. Yeah, like. Oh my god, that makes total sense. It's totally the Death Star.
0: Mm-hmm. Like They're, they're helping was, build components for it.
1: Or like... No, yeah. Totally. Why, why would they need that? Well, okay, I guess they have that many ships. They have that many... everything.
0: Yeah, really. and you know, like, in the background of all of it, there's no telling how long Palpatine had been preparing the Final Order.
1: You Dude, would that be kinda sick? All these are all these random parts are just being shipped to an unknown unknown yeah. location. And people are like, oh yeah, that's probably that was probably just the Death Star. Like later on, they're like, Oh yeah, that unknown location they were shipping them to, probably just the Death Star. And it's like, <laughs> nah, it's Exegol. Th- the whole th- time. Uh, I mean that is where the Snoke DNA could come from. Hey? So, Andy, I, come on, man. I don't know. I, I think you know, some of these people might have something there.
0: They might they might have something up their sleeves. But uh, we cut to Mon Mothma for the first time in this episode where her and Perrin are enjoying a nice little drink uh, where they are drinking the most grotesque shit I've ever seen in my life. I'm assuming this is some sort of beverage that doesn't get its, I'm assuming, intoxicating effects. Until they dip this little bug thing in it, and it dissolves in there. Mm.
1: Uh, oh, I was Perrin. thinking it's kind of like a enhancement. It's like it's already vodka or whatever in there. You drop a thing in there, and it's like you'll get even more fucked up. And then Perrin's like, "Yeah, give me two of them, whatever." He's yeah, yeah. like, "Yeah, I need okay. two. So okay, I think it's like fair. I think it's like even more. It's like a I was thinking it's like a shot of espresso, but alcohol version.
0: Ah, I see. I see. Yeah, I was taking it as. Uh, She's about to meet with Tay Colma. She needs to not be loosey goosey with the words. Um, mm. so the less the less drunk she gets, the better, which I guess, you know, could mean that this is still an alcoholic beverage. She just didn't want to be figgity figgity fucked yeah, up. These worms
1: or whatever, they just get you fucked. Whatever <laughs> these worms are, I don't know. Uh,
0: um, but, uh, Mon proposes a toast and Perrin asks, you know, what are we toasting? And she's like, a quick night. Let's get the fuck out of here. Um, and uh, he he questions the evening's agenda, and she says she's trying to stall the emperor's overreach in the Gorman sector. So she needs votes. And that's kind of what she's trying to get out of some senators tonight. And that's when uh, Te Colma enters the scene, uh, the the man Mon Mothma should have been with.
1: Um, I know, man. Hopefully, man. I, I don't know. This dude's chill. And we, I like we this get dude. another
0: we get another scene here with Perrin and Tay, where. Perrin, you know, goes, Take home, uh, how prompt you are. You know, like, oh, you're right on time. Look at that. Uh, he's like, you're still starts in town? At home. you're commuting? Uh, bit of both. Interesting answer. Uh, proposes, uh, proposes something to drink. And, you know, Take home, uh, accepts this, uh, this delicacy of Chandrilla. Apparently, this is a Chandrillin drink, which is, uh, all, all, all the more satisfying. Uh, but Perrin calls Tay out a little bit, as this is mm. not exactly what he thought he would be involved in. You know, this is a meeting for senators, not charity. So, uh, the fuck are you doing here? And Bond's like, aha. Do you remember Perrin at 15? The mm. Academy Firebrand. How things change, huh? So he was a little young idealist. I think. And uh, Mm. the years have uh, chipped away at the man and it's become a person who Mon Mothma resents deeply. Um, Mm. Maybe once upon a time there was, there was an equal footing there as far as idealism. But since then, Perrin's gained a great deal of wealth and he's stopped giving a fuck and Mon Mothma, you know, mm-hmm. always had a great deal of wealth and never stopped giving a fuck. So uh
1: Yeah, I think I don't know, one of one of my fa I don't know if it is my favorite line, uh necessarily, but Perrin says, Well good luck feeding the galaxy, I'm off to feed myself. Um yeah. and he starts to walk off and then uh take home uh, just hits him back, he just goes, Charity begins at home. Um, and parent looks back at him and he's like,
0: yeah, ah, he's like, fuck yeah. dude.
1: Yeah. Are you, fuck? He's like, oh, I can't, oh. <laughs> Ah, fuck it, man.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I also like, I'm gonna start like toasting like this. Sagrona. I don't mm. know.
1: Sagrona the, T.
0: Yeah. What what was the Tima, Sagrona Tima. Yeah.
1: That
0: was sick. Nice little, I like little star Wars salutes. Uh, it's, it's always nice. But, uh, as parent walks away, they start doing the business. Um, take home, explains that the new banking regulations have made things very difficult. And, uh, she asks, you know, difficult or impossible. And he's like, yeah, I couldn't really tell you, you know, they're staffing up on Imperial auditors and we'll see where they are placed. But, uh, yeah, so it's not, it's not looking hot for the rebellion because, uh, you know, she needs a lot of money and she's, she's hid a lot of money. She's used a lot of money already. And, uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be easy to hide $400,000, or credits, I should say. Um, which, um, you know, not 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 great for Mon Mothma, but uh, they're interrupted when uh, her daughter Lida comes over. And she gives Tay a little bit of shit. You're here all the time now. The fuck's up with that, Tay? Um, and, you know, they, they just go back and forth for a couple seconds and... Uh... <laughs> Lida is just a man. I would, uh,
1: what a bundle of joy, huh?
0: Yeah, like you're drinking squigs again. Nope, I'm actually not. You can look right in my cup and see that there's not. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, it
1: is not yellow, actually. Um, Yeah, get the (laughs)
0: fuck out of here, Lida. I should find that. Yeah, you
1: should leave. God, what a her and Perrin need to go down in a house fire fire something situation. Yeah. Sorry, don't don't wish death on a kid, but she can go.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just couldn't give less of a fuck at this point. But uh, yeah, it's after this that they start questioning how much money they need to be worried about. And Mon explains 400000 and Tay is alarmed. Uh, he's like, oh, oh fuck, that's a lot of money I have to worry about hiding. <laughs> and it is it is then that they are approached by a senator. Uh, and uh, he's all like, fuck yeah, baby! Squigs! Let's get it! And she's like, uh, oh, I always remembered you were Chandrillin at heart. And he's like, yeah, and I always forget how sweet you are when you're looking for votes. Mm. Um, <laughs> like, I know exactly what you need tonight. Fill me up with squigs. Um, Fair enough. Fair enough. But it is then that we cut back To Narquina 5, once again, where uh, everybody's waiting in line after a long 12-hour shift. And uh, Cassian, oh man, is he in a bad way here. The way he's just standing in line, eyes front, just lifeless, almost. Uh, Mm. And Kino, you know, comes up the line telling everybody to shut the fuck up. Everyone's being a little too loud, talking a little too much. And it's perfect because, you know, our, our boy, I think it's Taga, doesn't need, uh, doesn't need words to speak to these other homies who are uh, in these other lines. And I think it's at this point that Cassian realizes just how big of an operation this is as he looks and sees all the various levels uh, where he sees all these prisoners lined up. The whole day shift, everybody who was working day
1: shift is lined up Uh that's just one of these things, dude. And that's just one little like section of these yeah, of the huge Pentagon or whatever boards. that you know. Fuck. There's
0: like, seven floors. He's on floor five. There's two floors above him. Like, mm, they really they're really fucking it up here. Uh, but yeah, then we we cut back to we cut back to Mon after that in what is probably my favorite. Subtle political discourse that we've had yet where uh, they're talking about the emperor and Palpatine's frustrating. Yes, we agree. Too easily provoked. Yes, overreactive. But, you know, he says what he means. Damn it, uh,
1: man. (laughs) Why
0: is this all too real? Yeah, like that one was fucking blatant as day. That's a... That is a Trump supporter who loves Trump right there. Hey, he says what he means, okay? He's not like other politicians. Uh He's not a politician at all, fucko. Um, yeah.
1: Usually in movies and TV, whenever you're like, oh, I've heard that one before, you're like, ooh, that's cool and that's exciting. But in here, when it's like, ooh, I've heard that one before, it's like a reminder of our real world
0: and <laughs> our country and it's being compared to the galactic empire one of the one of the biggest evils oh. in movie history uh, which is which is just always fun but uh, someone someone shoots back at this guy he's like oh yeah he says what it means all right we're discussing legislation not speeches again wow uh but uh you know they talk about uh the emperor's primary charge is to protect us is it not and it's like yeah but what at what fucking cost? How much protection is enough? Uh, we know what too little looks like, but surveillance and prosecution—is that what this? Is that what we need? Uh, <laughs> if you're doing nothing wrong, what do you have to fear?
1: Well, goddamn, you are,
0: you are just—you refuse to listen, huh? You refuse to listen. Uh, says these are dangerous times. Dangerous times. Do you feel under threat? Here? Yeah. I do. Okay. Okay. Way to shift the conversation in a way that makes you the victim. Mm. Good job, Fucko.
1: Yeah, uh, this was just
0: a lot of familiarity uh to, to real world political <laughs> discussions. Uh
1: it, it... And they're the all just getting how great yeah. he is at drinking wow. squigs,
0: getting fucked yeah, they're up they're
1: all just getting fucked up too that's just all mm-hmm. they're doing like getting fat and happy
0: like andor dang. explained they're also fat and happy can't be bothered but uh we then cut back to arcane 5 you know a lot of a lot of bouncing back 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 and forth very quick cut in this episode um and this is the first time he's been shown to the beds this is their block And thankfully, someone explains to him that you see the white lights. If They start flashing. You got seven seconds. Now. Why is everything seven?
1: Seven floors, seven seconds, seven Seven people per table, seven tables, seven.
0: Seven everything. Is it just just another example of the. Of the uniformity of the empire, like just mathematically cold, like,
1: but what a number to choose an odd number, prime number. Well, I guess it works, yeah. If everything is in sevens, I guess it works. Fuck it, yeah. You know, I, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think efficient.
0: of. Like, like, it's all about efficiency. It's like seven seconds. It's enough warning to get you off there, but it's short enough to where you need to panic to get out of there.
1: Um, I mean, it, 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 whenever it happened in the episode, I panicked so hard. I'm like, get the fuck up. I, like, I was screaming at my screen. I was like, dude, go. And like, oh man, I, I, my heart was racing. I was I rewatching
0: mean, it on Emily's lunch break and she, uh, she took a nap during her lunch break. She had like a two hour lunch break today because of the way her workday is set up. But, uh, so I turned it on during it and she woke up at about this part and she was like, uh, oh man, this is real dystopic, huh? And, uh, it got to that part where he's standing there and the lights flash and she's like, she like doesn't know these characters. She hasn't watched this with me and she tensed up and was like, get the fuck off the floor, man. And I was like, like that's that's exactly what this this setting does, you know. Even if you don't know what the fuck's going on, you're going to be fucking scared. And it's oh, uh,
1: like every surface that you could even climb onto like to Maven try to escape shit. it is the same. Yeah, it's like, "Oh, it, they're so cruel." Like it's
0: Well, uh, and I was worried, you know, very quickly that Zoll guy explained, you know, two men in a cell instant fry. Like and Jimbock goes ahead and climbs into Cassian's cell. Tells him this is going to be you. I was so worried. Cassian was like, I just got a lot of information thrown at me, completely forgot, and just like steps up on it. And I'm so glad he's a good listener because, uh, yeah, he, uh, he doesn't, thankfully, but, uh, Jim Brock breaks down everything for him water, nightlight, toilet, plate, spoon, uh, food. Yep. This little fucking tube. Mm. Uh, you get as much as you want. You know, they like you healthy and fueled. Uh, And you will learn to eat it.
1: Uh, Why do you think... What do you think the Empire's main reason is for one person per cell, truly? Like,
0: uh,
1: is it so so they know if someone, like, climbs, like, around to try to, like... But, like, the whole room's locked, you know? Like, I'm just trying to think if it's, like, um, they're even so homophobic that they're like, we're not even going to let you... Because it's all men, you know, ah, that they're like, like, nah. like, okay,
0: yeah, that's, that's probably, but I, I was gonna even take it just like, even a step down from that, like, y'all get to know each other to a degree, mm. y'all don't get to hang out,
1: you know, Dang, there is yeah. no
0: fraternizing, you don't get to, you don't get to get to know each other.
1: 12 hour like, shift, assuming eight hours of sleep. Maybe they get eight. I'm a, I mean, probably they need. Well, and there's no telling if
0: Narquina be... Five has twenty four hour days. You know, like there's fair. You know, like there's no telling with the, with these sorts of planets and shit. But uh...
1: yeah, if if you live on a planet that's like a like a forty hour day, does your like internal clock like just work with that or like you know because like as he, like we get tired around nighttime because is it. Because we're physically actually tired, or mentally, just like oh, it's nighttime, so I must be tired now.
0: I'm be um, I'd be willing to bet that there's a uh, there's an evolutionary aspect to that as well. Like if if our days were forty mm-hmm. hours, who knows? Maybe we sleep sixteen hours, uh, and then we okay. have twenty four hour daytime. Uh,
1: Man, yeah, this episode has a lot of. Um, actual like philosophy built into it which is insane like the prison experiment where like they i forgot what the name of it was stanford um, stanford yeah prison oh experiment. like yeah. i don't know it's like it, it got me just to think of all like of all these things and like well, because keno think of the real world and they like
0: grant one of the prisoners a degree of power
1: and it's Kino, random people they're not even prisoners they're random people in on the experiment like is the thing so like they have no no ties to it even and they still get the power hungry That's that are real I'm glad
0: about that in the it's like it, it is
1: just random people they're not prisoners like yeah. um so it's like even worse that like they're not in an ultimatum situation they're not actually trapped in here they can leave if they want it's fully on their own will
0: voluntary yeah and
1: they are still acting like that it's like
0: it's it's sickening but uh yeah with uh with this though i like i like jimboc a lot i might be uh might be my favorite character of the week i'm not sure yet uh just the way that he was kind of showing him the ropes and was like kind to him and he was like Two shocks in one day, man. That's that's not easy. You know, maybe we'll get a win here in a couple days, a couple, a few shifts. That'd be nice. Uh, But uh, yeah, loser gets shocks. Winner gets taste in their food. Uh, Top table wins flavor. Last place gets fried. And it's like, oh, like out uh, of their
1: tube, it just tastes a little better. Is that like the?
0: Yeah. Wow. And the idea of, like, granting them just the slightest, slightest, tiny, tiny sliver of freedom. You know, the cells aren't blocked off. It's open. You can walk out at your own risk. Um, Oh, And the way that... uh, you know you're allowed to eat as much as you want it's just fed through this tube you're probably not going to like it you're allowed to eat as much as you want though um you got you're granted full autonomy within this tiny little space you got and uh but man it's uh it's it's sad it's a sad existence but even the fact that there is a day counter that shows how much time you have left in your sentence and it says Cassian says two thousand one hundred and what was it fifty eighty nine
1: two thousand mm-hmm. one hundred
0: eighty nine days,
1: which is uh, that's six years, roughly. It sounds about right. That's about That, right, that was his yeah. sentence, right? That yeah. that he was six years given. Let's see, three sixty five. Times and who's to say two thousand one hundred ninety? Is that what it was? It was two thousand
0: one hundred eighty-nine. Okay, there we
1: go. So a year on this planet is three. It is exactly an Earth year,
0: confirmed. So I think it makes makes it confirmed that it is also a twenty-four hour day. They get a twelve-hour work shift. Oh,
1: this is just Earth, is (laughs) what they're saying.
0: (laughs) Oh, even more there, (laughs) huh?
1: This is just Earth.
0: Even more to unpack. But, uh, but yeah, Jim Rock is, uh, being nice to him. He's like, at least you know where you stand from the start. No surprises. You got, you know what's going on. And Mel, she's like, ask him already. It's like, what? What? And he's like, oh, they doubled everyone's numbers last month. P O R D. Uh, everyone's shift, everyone's shift, I said, everyone's sentence doubled, uh, out of nowhere. They don't know why. You know, they're like, uh, P O R D apparently, but what what is that? They're like they're like, do you know anything about that? People must be talking about it, and he's like, about what? They're like, he doesn't know shit. The public order sentencing directive. Uh, we we don't know anything beyond that's what it's called. We don't know what that means or why. And they're like, the Garrison and Aldani, they blew it up. Nah, they didn't do that. They just burnt it down, and it's like, no, they didn't do any of that. Like uh, the they're so cut off from everything. That mm. they don't know actually what's happening outside of outside of these cells, and uh, you know they slaughtered a garrison, uh, they burned it down, and uh, they're the ones getting punished for it.
1: And, and uh, Cassian's sentence was not doubled; it was like that's way more than doubled—six yeah. months to six years. That's that's yeah, it's a it's a bit more,
0: and that's when Melshi. Kino tells everybody to break it up as they're all surrounding Cassian or Keith asking him what's going on and Melshi approaches him and it's like whatever you thought this was you're you're not getting out in 6 years we're stuck here forever we're going to die here just get to just accept that now and everything'll start to get a little easier and Kino has to come over here roughs Melshi up a little bit throws him up against the wall He says that's enough um now my favorite twist if they choose to go this route, is that Kino is actually a good dude. If if they if they pull the, like, Keno is actually trying his best to figure out a way to get others out of here, that'd be dope. I don't think they will. You know, he said the thing about how he has, like, less than 300 days left, and that's it for him. He'll get out of here. But it'd be cool if they figure out a way to radicalize Keno, too, um, in the short time that they have left. I think that would be a that would be optimal, just because I really like Andy Circus and I'd like to see him as a Wait good guy. Wait a minute, guy, not a...
1: we still have like five years, right? Yeah, who's to say that like he isn't in prison for like a year? Like, who's to say we don't see Andy Circus's character get out? No, like, I mean we we I... jump next episode and it's like we, Four, jump, or we jumped a month 50 days later
0: we jumped like. a month in this episode alone
1: mm-hmm. uh, okay
0: and we jumped um, like they kind of explained that it's been a month that keef existed i think that's how long he was on mm. Niamos because they were like uh you've been working at the uh, standard of uh, the bureau of standards for almost a month we watched him get his job and then we cut to Neamos, and it's kind of like we were unclear on what the time jump was and it's about a month. So in the last two episodes, we've lapsed a couple months. So, and Mm -hmm. if this episode, if this series covers a year, there's a lot of time left to jump, you know, like we've still got a lot, a lot of time to burn. So I'd be willing to bet that maybe even next episode, we keep getting, we keep getting lapses of time for him being in prison. Uh, this
1: show only covers a year, this season only covers a year, or this, this show? This
0: season only covers a year, the show covers five. Uh, apparently yes. season one covers the first of those five years, the second season covers the next four.
1: Because hmm. I, I don't know, in my brain I'm like, oh yeah, he's in prison, he's just going to be broken out. By who? I don't know necessarily yet if it's by himself, or if it's someone who's coming to get him, but like, I guess it like it could take a while to find out where he is or um for him to even like how do you escape that place on your own what the fuck would he do you know like it say he gets his hands on some boots okay you can walk around the prison now but like there's still guards everywhere rounded by you're, you're in the middle of an ocean yeah you need a ship to get off of there somehow like yeah it's a it's
0: not it's not looking great it's not looking but it's a six-year sentence and it's five years till rogue one he's getting out of here you know like there's, there is no other option he will get out of here there's just no telling like i guess that's
1: why they made it a six-year sentence then
0: exactly they they let you know know. they'll get out of here um it's just a matter of how. Uh and uh, it'll be it'll be so fucking fascinating to see. I have a feeling that might be the most exciting heist of the season. Episode six was fucking riveting. I have zero clue how they're gonna pull off Cassie and getting out of prison. That's
1: uh that's nuts, you know? Uh they're gonna like somehow reverse the polarity blah 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 on the floor. And it and anyone who wears boots is actually fucked, and anyone who is wearing nothing, nothing. is fine somehow. Yeah. No, what? No, I don't know. No, I'm, I'm trying. Like, if does he do it on his own, or does someone come to his rescue? And it will not
0: be someone. I don't think it'll be someone coming to the rescue. I think it'll be people who are within the prison. Time. Yeah, it'll be. I think it'll be a collaborative effort. I don't even think Cassian will lead it.
1: Um. Like, I mean, people are, I have been communicating exactly that takes a while to set up, even set up a communication system like that, you know, like when
0: you don't have the means to actually talk to each other either.
1: And they were zooming.
0: Yeah. And like the way he was like, run that back, run that back. You know, he was like, (laughs) he had the little, like, it's, it's, it's impressive, man. But, uh,
1: I know, I guess is that, is it wrong to me to assume that like, just like a version of American sign language? It just exists. And I thought that you know,
0: like yeah, I was thinking maybe it is just a galaxy wide like sign language thing that they've got going on. but like uh you know, we see the Tuscan Raiders, they have they have their own personal sign language though. Like that is specifically Tuscan there. sign language. So it's like uh it is interesting. I wonder if there is like basic sign language you know? that'd be sick. That would be very um. cool. But uh <laughs> but nevertheless they uh it's it's here that Kino pulls Cassian aside and goes, "Do you walk in your sleep?" And he says, "No." Why? And he says, "You'll find out." Uh, and then the lights flash. Cassian hesitates, and then he gets in there just in time before the lights go red. Fuck! And it is night one in the clink for uh for good old Keith Gergo. And uh, what a rough time. It shall be for as long as he's in here, but uh again, I do love the parallels that we have between Jin and Cassian about how uh you know Jin's world was shattered when she was a young girl, when her father was taken by the empire, she was forced to hide and was saved by a person who she didn't know was going to be coming to her aid, the way Marva saves Cassian from a planet where. His world's been shaken, and he she's being taken in. He's being taken in by someone. They both end up in prison. They both are going through all this shit together. Like, but alone, separately. It's just. I like to think about what could have been if they hadn't, uh, mm. they hadn't met their demise on Scarif. But uh, yeah,
1: that that thirty day jump. It like he Cassian looks rough. Like he, I mean, it like. That's a month of twelve hour shifts straight. Yeah. You know, no, no days, days off. off
0: no dude. days off there.
1: No but, uh, like oh my God.
0: We do uh quickly cut back to Mon Mothma briefly before that mm. thirty day jump mm. where uh you know, she's uh she's roaming the party, looking eyeing everybody down and she eventually makes her way over to uh to Perrin who is uh discussing with a couple others and they, they they comment on how beautiful Coruscant is and how wonderful this place that they live in is, uh, and you know, uh, she she's like, ah, oh, maybe we do take it for granted, you know, not we don't spend enough time looking out this this viewfinder, and uh, one forgets to savor the familiar. Yeah, again, we get to we get to know Mon a little bit more. Uh, we came here when they were young. Mon became a senator at sixteen. At that point, they'd already been married a year.
1: Um they were like, Oh, how romantic.
0: And um, traditional, Mon says, the old ways yeah. of Chandrilla. And it was the custom. And uh you know, she asks him, Have you seen Tay? And he says, No, he left. He has an early morning.
1: He was like four hundred K, see ya. I got you... shit to do. He dipped fast. At the the instant where Mon left to go talk to that one other senator or whatever, like, he... L- left. Like, yeah, he was, like, out. Uh, was that just because he's like, I need to start working now? Or was that like, fuck, I can't do that?
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I'm worried, though. You know, I wanted to trust Tay Colma. I really, really did. No! But, like, my you know, boy. The, first, the first interaction we had about how his... His, like, tastes, his political tastes have grown too strong for many, but he wasn't actually doing shit Uh the way Mon is actually trying to do shit. She explains that she's trying to do shit, and, he, and maybe he's like, oh, yeah, your political tastes have gotten a little extreme for me. Uh, like, I can't put myself in danger like that. Mm.
1: Uh,
0: oh, and I, then I he fear.
1: knows. He's another person who knows Like, I guess she,
0: he doesn't really know. Doesn't know a lot, you know. All she know, said was that she was yeah. setting up a Chandrillin Foundation, and that uh, you're you right. Know, she needs some help with the with moving the funds. So he knows she's moving money. She, but he knows it's in. He knows it's in some way against the empire. He just doesn't know everything. Okay, detail.
1: come on. In his mind, he is 100 percent like Mon was behind the. Garrett, like the the Aldani the robber yeah 100% 400k like that like in his mind he's like all right she's testing me to see if i can move a lot of money you know after this robbery of 80 mil, 80 million whatever you know and like 400k i don't know i think that's probably where where his brain is going he's like oh shit he's like you're actually you're connect a ma- like you're you're doing that.
0: You're like, doing that. Um, mm. but uh, after that, we cut back to uh, a Five in the prison where we see Cassian staying up at night, not being able to sleep, and we zoom in on the twenty one eighty nine on his sentence, and it it fades to twenty one fifty nine, and we are now thirty shifts later, where he's eating, he's eating a plate of food. He's going ahead and getting rid of it. He's taking a tube out. I think it's a little water in there. Nice little nice little refreshment. Wash it all down. Um and the day begins. And uh what a what a routine they've got going for themselves oh, here. Man. When they all line up uh buck ass naked, just uh this is their shower, you know, this is how they clean themselves, this this mist that comes over them and that's just that's it this is as clean as you're getting over the course of these uh
1: you know long long days i'm I'm hoping that in the star wars universe this mist is very good at what it does nope
0: (laughs) nope it's not those rooms stink (laughs) those hallways are stinky uh you know who knows, but uh, I
1: mean, he did say that they were sanitary conditions, and it is kept yeah, pretty clean. Yeah. It isn't actually. I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe they got some good things. Maybe just trying to think. I don't know. Yeah,
0: no, I don't. I I wouldn't give anything any too much credit, but uh, it's nice that we got this thirty day jump though because they're working like a well oiled machine. Table five, uh, they're they're working really well together. They only they only run into one hang up. When when a pin gets stuck and it's the old guy, it's Olaf, and it's like, Oh no, not my man's. I really like this dog, dude. It reminds me of Brooks from the Shawshank redemption. I don't, I don't want anything to happen to my guy Mm -hmm. here, Um, but I fear that it will. And they're like, get somebody the fuck else in there. Get Zoll in there. Get him to unjam that shit. And you know, they take this moment because they can't do shit uh, to pause. And that's when Keno comes over and is like, yo, Y'all taking a little breather? <laughs> Y'all having a little break? Working hard or hardly working? Come on, guys. You got a chance of winning the shift today. <laughs> Be ashamed to waste it. And it's like, okay, man, is that a fucking threat? Get the fuck away from me, Keno. Uh, but they they soon get back to work once Zaw gets it all figured out. And they return to being a nice little machine that they've got going on over there. And it's... It's after that that we head back to Ferrix for the first time in the episode and we see Brasso. I was like, Brasso, my man. He had a long time no see. Uh I missed him. I missed him a great deal. And uh We're heading to, uh we're heading to Marva's within uh within this place
1: and uh He's taking his gloves home now. You know, did you notice that? I, I did not. I didn't like about that. they they no. don't put them back up on the wall anymore. They everyone takes their gloves home to work. It's not hmm. like the, the sense of community is is it's gone. Diminishing. It, they don't trust. No one trusts I don't, it. Whether no the trust, trust isn't there or. Anymore. Yeah, it's like like um. And casting when he comes home for the first time. Why we since when did you lock your door? Sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, it was like, it was just sort of set. Like when I saw him carrying his gloves, I'm like, it, I reminded, him like, oh yeah, maybe he's going to go put him up on the glove wall. And then, like, it just didn't happen. And I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. yeah. No, no, no.
0: Damn. No. But, you know, given this 30 day jump, it's not only a 30 day jump within uh, Cassian's story, it's a 30 day jump in everybody, everybody's stories. Uh, at least we think. I would assume that's kind of the case. And uh, Marva's not doing well, and Bix is taking care of her. You know, she's she's freezing. She again forgot to turn the heat on. Uh, just heartbreaking. And uh, Bix Bix has been taking care of her. She has popa pain in her knee. I was like, oh, Aw, you're such a little sweetie. I love you, dude. Her breathing's weak. She got dizzy. She fell and it's Brasso who's coming to come to see her and I'm like, "Oh, I love that both of them. They didn't plan to meet up here. They just were both coming in to check on Marva. She fell, people were taking care of her. They both heard something happened and they both came running and I was just like, ah. God, I love these folks on on Ferrix. They're just so sweet and uh you know, uh she's she's been trying to she's been trying to rebel. She fell trying to open the Ricks floodgate. Mm. Uh, Cuz she wanted to she wanted to see if the tunnel under the hotel was still open. She wanted to see what see what she could do to that hotel, and I was like, "Okay, Marva, you about that action?" And I respect it.
1: She's uh, she's badass, man. She's going till the day she dies. She
0: will, and um,
1: it's it's probably the gonna. The
0: Bix is like, uh, the way that Bix is like, "Yep, she's she thinks that we can sneak in and get him by surprise." She's a rebel, you know, like a. Uh, she is a rebel, and I'm like, ah, yeah, she is. Mm-hmm. Brasso's whole, like, I should be coming by more often. And Bix is like, she's not your mother, and he's like, She's not yours either. And it's like, oh, I just <sighs> so, so fucking sad, you know. Uh and Brasso's like, Brasso has the same perspective that Cassian had. You know, she can't stay here much longer. She's gotta she's gotta f- figure out a place that will be a little bit more comfortable for her
1: you Mm -hmm. know
0: bix is like (laughs) good luck with that homie she's not moving a goddamn inch and he's like what about the the quote daughters of ferricks she was a president of of the daughters of ferricks they must have a warm room somewhere and apparently they've already tried and they've already failed she's not leaving she's like jordan Belfort. i'm not fucking leaving you know, uh, that's, that's, that's Marva Andor up in this hoe, but, uh, I like the idea of the Daughters of Ferex. They had like a, you know, hmm. like just a feminist organization where they were like, yeah, let's hold it down or the Daughters of Ferex, bitch. I love that. She's
1: the president or was yeah, a president, that. I guess. Yeah. For, that's
0: sick. Yeah. For at least a stint of some sort. Um, but, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's made, she's made her wishes clear. She's staying put. She has no intention of going anywhere. And uh they, they discuss for a moment how they truly do not know where Cassian is, neither of them. They both kind of missing him, but they know that he can't come back, and it's like be nice to know. But uh in the distance we see Vel looking on, and she's approached by Cinta. And I was like hey, Okay, yeah, they're just, back together they're, and they're on yep. Ferrex. Fuck yeah! And
1: it's a month, a, I guess. Okay, sure. Been a month.
0: They've been they've been Fuck staking it. out. They've been staking out Fairix. uh. And they have a nice little back and forth about, uh, you know, just everything. Where were you? I was about to come looking for you, and uh, you know, her drinks her her drinks cold now, and I, uh, I love them. You know,
1: sense, sense. is cold blooded man. Yeah. she's she's lovable. She's got c- compassion still, but like at the same time, mm. goddamn, got that action. She's, she's, yeah, she's you know she's for the rebellion.
0: There's a room around the corner. I'm thinking about thinking about signing up and staying there alone. Hey, man, two of us would draw too much attention. I already told you. You know, this this place comes first. A rebellion comes first. Mm. I always I, I was always upfront about that. You know, uh, he's like, she's like, what are you gonna do? Bell's like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna just stake out until he shows up. And he's like, Sentin's like, yeah, I just, I just might. I was like, haven't we been apart long enough? And that's when Sinton's like, yeah, it's not about us though. You know that, right? Like, I'm, I'm a fucking rebel. You think the empire stops to catch its breath? This is a fight to the death.
1: I was like, that was a bar. That was a bar. Damn, hey, uh, she has a couple bars here. Yeah, Sinta does, well,
0: and we get a little insight into who Vel might be when Sinta says, "Uh, maybe I'm a rich girl running away from her family," and Vel, Vel's not uh not taking too kindly to that, you know. Well, that's cold. <sighs> like that's what Vel is apparently uh, a rich girl running away from her family. It's kind of how I take that take that comment. Uh, because I mean, you don't respond that way unless it was seemingly a personal attack. Well, that's cold, even for you. could it.
1: could Vel be? Anybody?
0: Her name's Vel Sartha, and I don't think. Well, yeah, but any... like that
1: could be a chosen. She could just. Oh yeah,
0: I guess that could be like an alias of some sort. Uh,
1: like what? Rich? The only yeah. rich is like Mandalore, like the freaking duchess and that like royal family that's like ringing a bell that's blonde i'm trying to think of like any characters that are like blonde Uh, and rich like clan okay yeah i
0: don't know it'd be probably not but Uh, yeah like that's the thing is i don't i don't know that she's connected to anybody that we've previously seen i just think uh you know it's a big galaxy people got money yeah somewhere um now i'm now i'm trying to think what was what's vels Everybody's got their own rebellion. What's Vell's? I didn't I never even I never even thought of that. Maybe whenever.
1: her rich family, they got rich because if of the empire right. because of the yeah. um
0: That's that's hmm. where my money is at as well. I think she made a lot of money off the empire and couldn't
1: could Okay, so not good rich people, who are bad rich people that we know. Um who are bad rich bad people human i don't know i couldn't tell you it's I just vel it's
0: just vel that's just vel um but uh you know i loved i love this little line from senta here where she's like i uh, i'm a mirror vel you love me because i show you what you need to see and you know that that's probably my actual favorite line of the episode. Just because it acknowledges that Vel and Cinta have a loving relationship in a way that isn't slight illusion. Uh it's like you love me. <laughs> you know? I and I, I appreciate it. Very clear. Yeah, very front, clear. Upfront nature about that statement. Um what's she
1: what's she saying there? Like like she shows her, like, shows her, I don't, like, I don't, I guess I just don't fully, like, understand the point she's trying to drive home. Like, he, she, the whole conversation is, they're talking about how they can't really stay together, and a will draw too much attention, that it's not about them, it's about the rebellion, whatever. But this, this kind of feels like, um you love, like, you love me, it kind of feels one way. Like, the relationship kind of feels like, I don't know. Like, this kind of felt like a little, like,
0: dismissive on the part of I don't know. Like, I don't know.
1: Yeah. it, it, It kind of, I don't know.
0: I took it more as a, I remind you what's important. Like, uh, you love me because I don't let you lose sight of what we need to do. Um, Okay that makes You sense. fell in love you fell in love with a rebel. And I'm I'm I continually remind you of what we are. You know like we are we are the rebellion. So
1: right. That makes that's
0: kind of that how I've sense. taken it. Uh, yeah. Mm. And I like the way they they join hands after this just kind of in a again sad sadly probably Aww. amongst a, a slight goodbye again which which sucks but uh after that, Bix heads over to Pac's shop where uh, uh, she's she's asking if she can go ahead and send out a little a little signal. She needs to look for something in the back, and Pac's like, "Fuck no, 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 that can't be good." Uh, and he's like, "Fuck, fine, yeah, go ahead." And she heads on out and she 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 rings the bell she uh and it's uh i have the feeling it's not going exactly the way she'd hope because on the other end we got clea listening and i take it that clea is kind of the uh not the brain the center of yeah the group. yeah she's 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 a little bit more like Again, she reminds Luthan what they're doing and why they're doing it. Um, you can't uh, you can't let these things grow hazy. And uh, Clea lets him know it's the shop owner on Ferric. She's trying to find Cassian because his mom's sick. And uh, Clea tells him, you know, we're not answering. We can't. And Luthan wants to know where Cassian is. You know, she could show the direction. She might know more than we do. Which, frankly... Uh, Clea Clea's right here, she's yeah, it, asking us.
1: I don't know. Doesn't it, but doesn't it seem Luthan is very invested? Like, is he very invested just because he wants to get rid of him because he knows of him? Or is it more of like, he was like, cause he was wanting to pick it up right away. And she's like, you can't answer it. Cause he was walking. Cause she was like, Oh, it's from Ferrix. It's uh blah, blah, blah from the blah, blah. And he's like walking over to answer. He's like, we can't answer this. Yeah. He's like, no, it could point us in the right direction. Like, he's like, He's very um I don't know, more it seems more invested just because he wants to kill um Cassian so bad. Um I really don't feel like that's his motive. Um uh, for some reason. I,
0: and I'll I invite any other motive he might have. And there is the chance that Clea took it upon herself to you know, assign that hit. Um but, uh, you know, she says that it's more likely that the ISB is working her, working the radio. And he says, you're guessing. She says, you're slipping. Like, come the fuck on, man. You're you're fucking up. And she says that we're shutting down Ferx, the code, the frequency, all of it. I'm thinking clearly, and you are not. And she says, tell me to shut it down, which I appreciate. She still honors the chain of command. Mm. She's like, yeah. I do work for you. This is what we should do.
1: Good Tell hand of the yeah. hand of the king, sort of situation here,
0: which is um, what leads me to believe maybe she did not assign the hit. Like uh, she, she honors the chain of command, and if if she's telling people to do things, I think it's because it's coming from Luthen.
1: Um, I just don't you- know. It just uh, it doesn't seem the it's, way that he's playing it i don't know it just doesn't seem that his I'm motivation right. is yeah. truly that he wants to kill him
0: well he go he says it's andor knowing he's out there knowing me not
1: knowing what he knows well um, it's because he has to cuz she's saying you're slipping he's like i'm not slipping and he's like and then he goes through the the business answer he he get, gives the straight he's like no i'm not and then he's still like kind of a little unsure at the end. He like he gives the business an answer. They close down the line, but he's still kind of like, like, fuck, I kind of I don't know. Like, it's,
0: yeah, it's the whole thing that like it, he at least wants to interrogate him because that line where she says you're slipping and he goes, it's Andor. knowing he's out there, no, knowing, knowing he's out there, knowing me, not knowing what he knows. I took him on my ship. Was I insane?
1: Okay, fair. Yeah.
0: Like that's uh like that to me is a question of like did I make the right fucking choice? Should I have even done that? And Clea gives him a little credit, you know, you were desperate for Aldani to work, and it did. We'll find him, just not like this. And he says, you know, Vel and Centa are out hunting. They're they're gonna try and find him. Are they in Ferrix yet? And uh you know, they're they're being extremely careful but uh, he explains mm. that the woman's name is Bix Colleen and Vel could have a look if it's safe. Uh, they know what they're doing. They're careful. I'm not slipping, Clea. I've mm. just been hiding for too long. I was like, ooh, that was fucking hard. You know, we we're loud now vulnerability mm. was inevitable. I was like, okay. Okay.
1: So is that I mean like is that his way of saying like I don't need my identity like to be you know, like we're loud now. We're going loud like I I've been hiding for too long, but I'm still going after anyone who knows of who I am.
0: Yeah, maybe that is sort of a change in change in position in that moment. Uh but he still comes to the conclusion to go ahead and shut it down
1: which is like uh a... yes it's still beneficial to not have anyone know who you are
0: yeah and i would also i would also be willing to wager maybe this just means they're done actively searching for him you know the mm. shut it down we don't need to get that message to Velance And uh they know what they're mm. doing they're good uh we'll figure it out and uh maybe that's all it is yeah, it is hard to it is hard to decipher Luthens complete intentions here. Um but we do cut back to Bix, disappointed, uh, as no one is responding to uh to the message she's trying to send and uh the the sad fact that this was for naught. Mm. This was for this was for nothing. And it costs a whole lot. And uh, we then cut DeVell who's on the same transport we saw Luthan arrive in. I was wanting so badly for the for the friendly traveler to pull up. But instead we get this uh Hey Leaving Ferrets, are you Ooh, yeah, you yeah, just slips in if, if he like, had shown up it would have been like, it would have been like, Oh, All this right. guy knows shit. Yeah. This guy okay. knows shit. <laughs> but it is in this moment that we get the favorite shot of the episode, the uh the fade between Bix, or not Mm. Bix, I keep calling her Bix, Vel and Cinta. uh,
1: Oh, the music too. The music is always so Uh, good. They have fucked the music, dude. I mean, like in a good way, fucked in a very good way. Yeah.
0: Like the the good kind of fucking.
1: Yeah. The very good. Like they, they have done such a good job. Yeah. They have done a phenomenal job. With the soundtrack.
0: Nicholas Patel has been fucking phenomenal and, that was a beautiful shot. The fading to bring them like mm. eye to eye face to face was really cool, and you see that Cinta is staking out perfectly Cassian's apartment or Marva's apartment rather and uh and then we see as uh as Luthen is trying to find a find a way somewhere mm. find a way to Sigra Milo. It's like, oh, where's he going? What's he doing? Who's on Sea Grimala? <laughs> what are we doing? Um, And well, we will get there, but and that's a very exciting, exciting <laughs> scene. But uh, then we cut back to Narcana 5, where, uh, you know, sadly, uh, you know, I don't think this is sleepwalking. No. This is a man contemplating what life he has left. And he decides to go ahead and take the step out onto the onto the burning floor. And it, it means the end of him. Uh, which is I was like, fuck. Man, that's that's
1: grim, huh? The comments of the prisoners, too. We'll be
0: smelling him
1: all night. And like the people that have him on his table, they're like, fuck. Now we're screwed. They're yeah. not even like They're not like, oh, damn, he really just killed himself like that. That's horrible. Like a person that we've been with for, I don't know, whoever, however long. Like they're like, damn, now we're going to be under understaffed. And it's like, like, gee, you'll be shorthanded
0: all day tomorrow. Think about that when you're getting fried. Damn. And Kino's like, enough. Shut the fuck up. We'll be smelling him all night. It's like, oh, man,
1: you have 10 seconds to get to your sleeping platforms. Oh,
0: just Fuck. just so hard to watch. But uh we then head back to Ferrex, Bix is back, baby.
1: And uh she's we hear the... to
0: see that they're uh...
1: like we hear the beep the, the town is clanging. They're clanging. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh
0: they they're all over Pac's shop and uh we see pock son getting very, very uh lively super upset that he's been detained and that he didn't come home last night, as we learned from Brasso. Man, I feel bad for this kid. And he's threatened with one of those shockers for asking where his dad is.
1: hmm
0: Which, and it just sucks that Bix almost certainly has to live with the fact that she, uh... She kind of pointed him in the right direction. But, for some reason... Uh, the prefect here, knows exactly who Bix is. Is like, Bix Colleen. come on through. Get over here. And that's when Brasso sends her on her way. Go ahead. Get on the fuck out of here.
1: He bodies up. He's kind of He's like, blocking oh, everybody. Sorry, Sorry. yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Brasso's a real one, man. God, a real that. one. Oh, oh, shit, yeah. Oh, you're going that way? I was going that way. Oh, God,
0: yeah. Uh. Uh, but uh, this was a shot in the episode that I've seen in trailers Bix running and potentially the best line delivery in all of Star Wars here when the guy yells get her uh, actually like
1: it is the fate of the universe on the line Peta. 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 it, it is reminded Peta. me
0: have you been seeing that clip going around from Family Guy where Lois walks in the room and she sees she sees PETA and she goes
1: PETA uh-uh, I man, haven't, no. The greatest uh-uh. voice
0: acting I've ever heard. And that's exactly what this reminded me of, where it's just like, man, man. this guy knew he had one line in this show and he fucking, he was like, I'm gonna fucking nail this. Okay.
1: Get her. You think this was the first take in the, er, er, no way. The, the director mouth, and everyone was agape. I'd be willing to
0: bet. He went harder the first time. And they were like, tone it down a little bit, homie.
1: This is like the the seventh time. Yeah. This is like, yeah, this is like, this is, this, and tone down a notch seven times. Um, he's he's taking a lot of steps they're back. Like, dude, really, dude, chill out. Like, holy shit, dude. Just like, man, no, that's, I don't know. Maybe Utterly it was just so crazy the first time that they're like, we have to just keep it in yeah, it's it's, it's two seconds
0: um what a great line delivery dude just just legendary line delivery but uh after man. we see bix run, we cut back to seagram milo where we we see our our, our tube face boy from rogue one i was like oh i love this guy and i know exactly what he means it means we're coming to saw guerrera and Luthin plays dumb so my friend the aldani garrison was that you? And Saw's so like, ah, I was just about to ask you the same thing. And, uh, he's like, ah, nah, 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 man, nah, you never tell me if it was. It's okay. Uh, he's like, Wh- whoever, whoever did it, they're sitting on some fucking Dosh.
1: Dosh, yeah.
0: Apparently that's some, uh, slang for cash. I'd be willing to bet that's exactly the equivalent, is cash is Dosh, which
1: is just, uh... Dosh. <laughs> How, how do they do it, man? How do they do it? It like uh, it works. Like, that's the thing. It's such a made up word, but it's somewhat close enough that you can be like, yeah, it came from cash. Mm-hmm. Dosh cash. Like, yep. that's insane. Jazz Jizz. You know? It's like it's ridiculous, but it's like it works somehow. I don't I don't understand how they do it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But uh it was so nice seeing Forrest Whitaker back as Saw Gerrera. And, uh, you know, I think the obvious choice for the best performance is Diego Luna. But since you're giving it to him, and I think I've given it to him, like, six out of the seven times or something like that, um, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Forrest Whitaker as Saw Because this scene, like, he has, I don't know, four, five minutes of screen time, maybe. And what he does with it, this man just... I love the character Saw Gerrera, and I am so glad Forrest Whitaker is the guy who plays him. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't I would want it any other way, but, uh, you know, he asks, like, would I be out here in the fucking cold if I had just pinched 100 million credits? And Luthen's like, <laughs> yes, that is exactly what you would do with 100 million credits. And uh, <laughs> he says, ha, ah, and that's exactly what I would say if I were you. And the <laughs> way it just keeps... It just keeps playing on the idea of nobody trusting each other and uh, the inability to form a foundation in this rebellion. Uh, And Luthan shoots back, if you're trying to convince me it was you, it's working.
1: Uh, (laughs) It's like, oh, man. And then I think he gets into his most, like, the best part of his performance here when he's uh, just listing off all the different Oh yes, political like, views, you know, like.
0: But before that, he goes. Let's agree, it was a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And Luthen's like, and "Oh no, like, I now definitely I know it's you.
1: It. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I definitely I know." know. <laughs>
0: uh, fucking legendary shit, but uh, aren't you tired of playing behind the scenes, Luthen? Aren't you tired of fighting with people who agree with you, Saw? Uh, yeah, that's that's always been Saw Gerrera's problem is that uh, he's at odds with everybody. Mm. You know, he, he, he likes to work alone because he can't trust anybody. Um, it was a stray shot from Republic fighters who were fighting alongside him that killed a sister back in the clone wars. Like even the people he fights alongside have found a way to fuck him Mm. uh, in the past. So he's, he's, he's very careful. And, uh, I also find it interesting that, uh, you know, if there is any young adult novel that I think you should check out in Star Wars canon, besides uh, Leia or Leia, Princess of Alderaan, that's fantastic, but uh, also a rebel story, is Rebel Rising by Beth Revis, because it takes us from the time Jin was picked up by Saw Guerrera, to the time she is locked away and we find her in Rogue One. And it's the time she spent with Saw, the way Saw taught her. Mm. And, you know, the way that in Rogue One, he's like, you, you're my best soldier. You know, like I, I, I knew I could count on you. I knew that if I let you go at 16, you would be just fine. I wasn't abandoning you. People were starting to ask questions. It takes us through their entire dynamic. And that, Like, I already loved Saw Gerrera, but if you're looking to love Saw Gerrera more, read or listen to that book because Mm. he's just a phenomenal character. And, like, uh, the way he accepts a little bit more of a fatherly relationship to uh, Jin in that – and there's a part of the Rogue One novelization where uh, they don't show it in the movie, but as the Death Star strikes Jedha and – Jen's watching the clip of uh, her dad being like, My Stardust, I always loved you. And I will always, I will always love you. Uh, as Saw watches the Death Star strike, he like turns back to Jen and goes, My daughter. Like, I, I, like, and that's uh... that's one of the cool, great things about their relationship is that he truly does look at himself. And she looks at him as a father. And that's something the books get into a little bit more than the movies give them a chance to. Um, and so like, just knowing this is after all that, you know, Jin's not around anymore. He's already left her, left her somewhere. And so he's, that's something rebel rising leads to is that by the end of the book, he trusts nobody Mm. there. There, there's not a, there's not a soul that he trusts. And, uh, and it'll be interesting. I don't know that this is necessarily, you know, I don't know how old Jin was in rogue one. It would be interesting to, to do the math there because he left her, he left her somewhere at 16. So if she's like, if she's 21 in rogue one, I think she's a little older. I take her to be 20. Yeah. I take it to be like a good decade after, after she was left behind. But, uh, Regardless, uh, he, uh, saw, asked Sleuthin, you know, you bring me some toys? What, what's up?
1: He's exactly 21.
0: Oh. Interesting.
1: That's a, it's an interesting little detail you stumbled across there. Yes, it
0: is. So he could have either.
1: been born in 22 BBY. Um. She was born twenty two B B Y, so uh, her birthday didn't quite happen. Whenever she, uh, whenever the Battle of Yavin happened, ah. so, so there we go.
0: So she was twenty one. So he's either just wow. left Jen behind,
1: or he's about to leave Jin, Jin behind. Um, ooh, that's that's a very slight, like Cassian. It, yeah, there's no, like, what are the odds, you know, that, like, Jim leaves and Cassian somehow – has has Cassian ever met Saw before? Is that known? Like, no I think, way, like – I
0: don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if Rogue One exactly tells us 100% whether or not he's met Saw.
1: Because um, he, he, he name drops knows. him. Cassian name drops him.
0: Well, yeah, but Saw's not some – little that's known true. figure in the galaxy Like he's, he is associated with the most extreme side of the rebellion. Uh, this man, like that's a part of rebel rising that I will just like, it was like, Oh, mm. Oh, he's done some fucking shit because you know, the way that star Wars is set up is like, you know, the weapons inflict burns. They don't, they don't exactly spill blood. um, Mm. There's a part in Rebel Rising where the the tactics he uses Oh, that's that's not Burns, buddy. They're they're fucking things up. It's like these, you know oh. the the gliders that Green Goblin uses that like sli- that slices uh Toby Maguire in Spider-Man 1. Yeah. It's kind of that, but they do it to a room full of Imperial sympathizers. And just like murder everybody in the room. Um,
1: like meat grinder, just kind of, yeah. <laughs> and wow. Jim
0: saw the whole thing and was Damn. like, uh, scarred by it. So, like, it's like, like, that's some, yeah. And that's a young adult novel. So, every time I read, I read like one of the young adult novels, I'm always like, what the fuck makes this young adult every single time with Star Wars? Because it's Jesus. really all it is is that the main character is a teenager at the time the stories take place. And, like, that's that's the only thing that makes it such. But, uh... Wow. Yeah, Saw yeah. hes he's done okay. some shit. He's done some okay. shit. He's, he's an extremist.
1: Force to be reckoned with.
0: It is indeed, and uh Luthen tells him he did bring some weapons, uh, but none for free. And uh Saw gives him a little shit about how nothing with him is free. And he says, Well nothing not every operation is as flush as your guys's. And uh and the reason I brought up that mission where he was so extreme is because they made a pretty penny off of that. Um and it was not super far before they left Jin behind. So mm. like uh there's there's a relatively good chance that happened recently um in the Star Wars canon But uh So, mm-hmm. so I was like, ah oh, you have all the toys here with you for me? Um He's like, how much how much does it cost? He's like, you need to go visit Anto Grieger. That's all. I want you to meet him. He's been probing the Imperial power station. He's found a weakness in the defenses. It may take some work, but he's got an angle. And so I was like, nah man, that guy's slow and stupid. Uh, I want you to hear his plan. He says, let's just keep it simple. I'll take all three deflectors. How much? Well, you meet with Krieger and they're free. You don't? I won't sell. It's like, okay. And that's what's really cool about Saw again, this line here about how he's not going to put his people at risk for someone else's plan. Saw really does take a, a great deal of ownership over his people. Like, not ownership, but like kinship to his his fighters. They are for him, and uh, he's not going to let them risk their lives for somebody else. If they're gonna, if they're gonna die for the cause, it'll be because he was the one who ordered them into whatever they did. Uh, he doesn't want to know that he put them in the hands of someone else.
1: Uh, mm. Man, they, these two—we've had like a kind of at the Mon uh little. Fundraise whatever her vote gathering thing that she threw, um, had a little philosophy gather conversation there, mm-hmm. and then we get like a super this kind of ph- like, yeah, like with Luthen and Saw. Like, what a what a cool like, just a cool conversation between two characters. Like, well, what's
0: what's crazy is Mon's like Luthen, you need to trust, you need to trust a little more, like, and
1: he's like, yeah, I mean, I,
0: but at what cost? And then he comes to Saw and he's like. You don't trust nearly enough. We need to come together. It's time for the rebellion mm. to really, really form. The alliance needs to happen. And uh, he tells him whatever our final version of success looks like, there's no chance any of us can do it alone. There's no, none of us can do it on our own. And uh, he says we need, we need to make the Empire angry. We need them coming down hard. Oppression breeds rebellion. We need to make them mad. And Krieger needs air support. Uh, and he tells him to think of it think of this place in flames and uh, Saw's like well maybe neither of you could do it on your own Krieger's a separatist, Maya pays a neo-republican, the Gorman front, the partisan alliance
1: he gets heated enterers. here too,
0: human cultists galaxy partitionists
1: they're lost all of them lost Lord. His voice is so cool. Can we just? Oh, oh my dude, god, I fucking love it. The Jeez. Deception. What? It's life. so good. It's so good, man. If if Diego Luna didn't kill this episode as hard as he did, mm-hmm. it would go. Like I'm glad. I'm glad you, you're getting like giving him some recognition for that. Yeah, I
0: was like, I I think like if. I think the choice is Diego Luna. He did he did absurdly well in this episode, but I did want to give Forrest Whitaker some recognition, especially since it's his first appearance in this series. Uh his second appearance in the Star Wars universe, period. Mm. Because he was only in Rogue One prior to Dang,
1: this. Um, true. Uh
0: that's what's crazy is that his character has obviously popped up in a great deal of things. He was in the Clone Wars, he was in Rebels, he was in The Bad Batch. Like every every rebel era story saw Guerrero is a part of it mm. but in live action he's only been in Rogue One prior to this and it feels like you've like I feel like I've spent so much time with Forrest Whitaker's Saw Gerrera, and it's it's just Rogue One which is uh which is nuts but uh this this scene culminates in him asking what are you Luthen? you know I've never known I've never really known and uh He asks, asks again, what are you? And hesitates to answer, and he says, I'm a coward. I'm a man who's terrified the Empire's power will grow beyond the point where we can do anything to stop it. I'm the one who says we'll die with nothing if we don't put aside our petty differences. Petty? Forrest asks. Forrest. Forrest Whitaker. He says, I am the one with clarity of purpose. I know exactly what I want, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there. And uh, Luth encounters with another philosophically potent idea. Yeah, well, anarchy is a seductive concept. Because that's, like, Saw doesn't want anything. He doesn't want any, like, he doesn't want any government in, forming. He says, it's a bit of luxury, I'd argue, to a man who is hiding in cold caves. And uh, he's begging for spare parts and shit. Mm. Saw so, this is this is the point where Saul's so like, you know what? I think we've had enough of each other. How about you get the fuck off my boat? You know, another little uh, another little Wolf of Wall Street s uh <laughs> moment. Oh yeah, yeah. How about you get the fuck off my boat? Um, mm. But uh, and again, another line where I'm just like maybe maybe i want to change it to that fucking line the whole i'm the man with the cl- i'm the one with clarity of purpose like uh,
1: oh wow interesting cuz i'm going i changed my line to the Luthen, the i'm a coward line ah. um i'm kind of more like uh i don't know like just i wanted to i don't know if i want to change like my favorite scene to this because i want to give some uh nod to this part of the episode for sure because it was it was just so good um, and I loved, we already have the nod for, uh, Forrest Whitaker as Saw for your performance. And I'm like, well, like Luthan was also just like on, on the counter side of the, you know, the argument was doing really well too. So I was just going to give him the, the line. there Cause I don't yeah. think yeah. it's my favorite scene of the whole episode, but the line was, I don't know, like a good frames, you know, how he sees himself, you know, that was very odd. That was a very, uh, I don't know, a very honest answer.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't considered what my favorite scene of this episode was. And.
1: Maybe it I, is.
0: No, this is, this is like, this is my favorite scene uh, yeah. between, between Luthan and Saw. Not just because I was real excited to see Saw again, but when I look back on the episode, you know, I like, uh, I like moments that make me at least a little happy. And obviously I didn't get that with Cassian at all in this episode. Bix and Brasso are going through it the whole fucking time. Uh, you know, we get the split up between Vel and Cinta going their separate ways for now. Like seeing Saw Guerrero again, them having this philosophically deep conversation about uh, ideals and where they stand on these sides of the side of the issue. Like, I think it's gotta be, I think it's gotta be this scene for me between Saw and Luthan. And uh, mm. I think again, I am going to go like, I think my whole fucking shit might just, be this scene, because I think I will go with uh, I'm the one with clarity of purpose for my line, as well.
1: There like we go, we got tra- both of the lines then. Um, just, that's uh, kind of cool.
0: Just a great,
1: great... I am line. the one with clarity of purpose.
0: Yeah. Saw
1: so- Gerrera.
0: Just a fucking fantastic scene between these two. And I mean, like, beyond the fact that it's, like, Luth and Ryle and Saw Gerrera, we're getting a scene where Dylan Skarsgård And Forrest Whitaker are acting off of each other. And it's just within the, it's just within a Star Wars world. Like these two are a couple of great actors, like just all time movie level Mm -hmm. actors. And here they are in a Disney plus TV show having one of the most compelling conversations in any Star Wars TV show. Like that's just, that's just fucking cool. That's
1: just fucking cool. But uh, did you say you were going with Air for your character too?
0: Um, I have not settled on character yeah. yet. I'll uh, okay because I I out.
1: haven't quite either. So that's the only thing I have left open too. Uh, or actually, never mind. No, my scene is the only thing I've left open. Actually, sorry, I put uh, Kino Loy for the character just to give <laughs> uh, just to get because it was a cool character introduction. Andy Circus. You know, I'm trying to give. I'm trying to spread the love. This episode, I love. guess.
0: Spread the love. Yeah, no, so. I, I fuck with it. I fuck with it. And since you already put Cassian, uh, Diego Luna as Cassian for your performance, I don't like. I, my my gut obviously goes Cassian Andor for favorite character, but uh, mm. it'll be interesting. I think uh, I'll I'll come to a conclusion at the end here. But we uh we cut next back to Ferex where uh, Bix is being escorted to the hotel the, uh, the ever prescient hotel. And when we cut inside, we see Deidre has been torturing, uh, Pac, our boy Pac. Sorry. Sorry to my dude Pac, but, uh, the prefect comes up and is like, she's on her way up. Should we clear the room? And Deidre goes, no, I'd like her to see him. And then as soon as she comes up, the way she flips the script and is like, what are you doing? Get him out of here. I was like, damn, she's playing some mind games, bro. Like, that's... Yeah. Like, she like, she wants it to seem like she wants to hide it.
1: Yeah. It's like so manipulative. That's... Like, I oh, want dude. him to... I want her to see him. And then be like, what are you doing? Get him out of here! Like, oh yeah. my god, the way, it, like, Vicks,
0: the way, like, dude, that was some great acting on the actress of Bix Colleen. I can't remember her name right now. I wish I had it, had it on me readily available, but, uh, the way she looks at Pac as she is uh as he's walking out of the room. Um was just like the, the terror on her face was so so present, she she just killed that shit. But
1: uh Adria Arjona. Sorry, I can't yes, yeah, Adriana Ar- Arjona. Arjona. Um yes, I rem- it's I hard, hard not to say her last name. With with the with the in an American, you know the very American me would say our our Ho- Jonah or our Hona, but, yeah, uh, I don't
0: know, but we just both know that's not right.
1: Yeah, I, I uh, can't. In in my heart, I don't know. I can't. My heart of yeah. hearts, but uh,
0: but man, Mr. everyone's Cruz.
1: killing it on the show, man. Like oh, it's I hard. It's hard, hard to show. Yeah, man. And they the way got
0: Deirdre comes up in her face and is like, so Bubba Bix. <laughs> What's up? How you doing? Uh, they go ahead and invite her into the chair that they just saw Pac sitting in, which is the first little, like, that's why she wanted to, She wanted her to see him. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's sitting in that chair. I'm about to invite her into the chair. I'd like her to see how he is and to see how she will be doing here before long. Uh, and we, we end that scene with them closing the door on their activities. But then... We head back over to Narquina Five, where they are again cooking this shit up. They're they're grinding in the office. It's time to it's time to work. The twelve-hour shift is well on its way, and they continue building. And that, my friend, is where we leave this episode. And uh, what an episode it was!
1: What do you think uh, that thing is? Man, I'm. I'm like is it maybe like a what i'm trying to think of like what would it be more satisfying for it to be like a part of the death star or like a tie fighter part or would it be kind of even more hard hitting for it to be like this is just to build a simple building you know like something so simple and mundane and just a a part that is used everywhere inside machinery, you know, or something, you know, like a, an engine part. I don't know. Like, like, I think it'd be almost more hard hitting that all their work isn't even, this isn't to build the death star, even though I think that's probably the best scenario out of it is that this is a part for the death star. Um cause What could be really cool is if this is like the framing for the death star and, Millions of these pieces make up the sphere, like right. because like it's kind of like a little it it just curves in just the, the smallest amount, you know. It's like basically flat, but curves in just the smallest amount. That if you connected enough of them, could be like the framework for the right. Death Star. I'd sure. see. I don't know. Fuck it. I uh, get yeah, um, but
0: but by this time the Death Star is well on its way to being built and stuff. So true. who knows? Uh, true. Yeah, are they the, really in the
1: framework section still? Yeah, no, they're, they're probably they're not.
0: Stuff. Building some shit for the Empire, and I think that's part of it too, is that I don't know that it necessarily truly matters. But um
1: uh, mm.
0: interestingly, this episode was directed by Toby Haynes, who did the first three episodes of this show as well. Um a very, very big hand in the show so far. And the episode was written by Bo Willeman, who uh is notable for having created and wrote every episode of House of Cards. Hmm. On Netflix, so not his first uh soiree with critiques of American politics um and he will be the writer this is this essentially confirms that this is the first episode in a new three episode arc. He wrote eight nine, and ten hmm. so uh that's nice so yes this will be this will be a whole new arc. the seven was just a nice little one off kind of setting us up for the rest of the season. Mm. And uh yeah, so Bo Williman and Toby Haynes coming together to to make this to make this episode happen. And uh Toby Haynes continues to direct his ass off on these episodes. Like this was another just beautiful looking. I didn't comment a lot on a lot of the shots that were happening in this episode besides the one where we get the transition between Cinta and mm. Bell. Like uh, the way the use of like symmetry when Karn was sitting in the interrogation room from behind and they use negative space with just like the black entrance behind him contrasted Mm. with the White Room and uh like it's just it's just incredibly well shot, incredibly well acted and exquisitely well written. Like it's this show continues to just floor me as far as how shockingly good it is.
1: This Um, is it is it is pretty much just live action Clone Wars slash Rebels. mm. Like in a way. You know? Like and it's so like they're just I mean they haven't missed. Like there there hasn't been an episode where it was like, "Oh man, that was like that wasn't that good." Like I it, every week it's been like, "Holy shit, this is Star Wars television." Like mm. like I don't know. They are they're grounding them like they are uh, what am I trying to say? Like their rep, the Star Wars television rep has increased a lot. Um I just
0: I'm the- um... I love this show, dude. You know, we, we questioned, uh, at, we finished House of the Dragon this week. hmm you know? Um, and I questioned on that whether you liked Westworld Season 4 or House of the Dragon more, and we both came to a conclusion that we think we liked Westworld Season 4 more. House of the Dragon might be three, bro. Might, Maybe. Might, might be third. Maybe I mean, got, we got we got four episodes left: nine, ten, eleven, and twelve.
1: If they if, can, mm-hmm. if they can
0: anchor this shit, bro. I don't know.
1: If they keep the pace that it's going at now, I think it's still a maybe. You mm. um, think
0: they got they got to step it up hard for it to be a for sure.
1: Westworld is still number one enjoyment wise while House of the Dragon, I think, is number one, critically made so far. This would be maybe number two enjoyment-wise, but critically, House of the Dragon is still... um, No,
0: I feel that. I feel that for sure.
1: I think it'll remain the top Yeah, and I was
0: was more talking enjoyability-wise.
1: But enjoyability, Uh, if it keeps the pace it's going, it's either right on par with it, or a, I don't know. It's, it's close. Yeah, it's, it's
0: it'll close. be interesting. I'm excited to wrap up the season. You know, we still got four episodes left, mm. but, uh, what do you say we jump into a rating for this episode? Oh, oh yeah. wait, I think I, oh yeah, you need what a character.
1: Favorite? Yeah. Let's, you need a give me, character. Give me a
0: rundown of your favorites so far so I can think on this a little bit more.
1: So I, uh, I went with Kino Loy, our boy Andy Circus um, for the character this episode. Um, got Diego Luna for the performance. um. And, yeah, the scene, I could not go with anything other than Luthan and Saul Guerrero's conversation. I was skimming the episode, trying to find anything that came even close to that, and not nah, nah, not really. Um I was thinking maybe uh, the, the little morning routine whenever he woke up 30 days later, showing the just monotony of everything. And, it, you know, I mean, it wasn't, like, happy or anything riveting. It was just kind of like, damn. Like, it really made you feel what he was going through and yeah. and, and everything but it was, yeah, no. It
0: was a good scene to be sure.
1: Um and then the line was Luthan's coward uh line for me. So that would be mine. I mean we got we got Luthan represented uh and saw already I guess I in the scene. Diego Luna, Kino Loy, you got uh Saw, Saw, and Saw.
0: I'm I'm gonna give him the clean sweep.
1: I'm throwing, I'm throwing.
0: saw is my favorite character of the episode if my favorite Ooh, performance favorite yeah. scene and favorite line came from a scene with saw guerrera what do you think my favorite character in the episode was it, it was makes probably sense saw Gerrera. i don't think yeah, I can that go makes with sense else. um no nah, my only hang-up was like like cassian like and that's the thing i was looking back and i haven't gone with cassian for a single episode just because I felt like it was uh, a <laughs> But like, it's the most obvious, you know, so like, I haven't, I haven't picked Cassian as my favorite character because, I mean, I have picked him as my favorite performance.
1: Yeah, I haven't either. Yeah, um, both of us have not picked Cassian for our character one time. Yeah, I think it's
0: just been, we've been looking for the most exciting other character, you know, like it's like, feel like it's a shoe in, you know, like I was, I was watching, (laughs) I sent Emily a thread because she's a, she's a huge Taylor Swift fan in there and she's created uh, a, a little Swifty out of me um, where she, she released a new album this last week called Midnights and it's really fucking good. Uh, but someone made edits, Star Wars edits uh, where they, they like cut it with sc- scenes with Star Wars with those songs in the background. And there's, there was this one that was like, I, I, I got to find it cause I got to give this person credit because like, I was like, it's not necessarily the, the edit itself that was really really getting me there but it was uh it was more the scenes and the new context with which i look at cassian you know Mm. that got me it was uh at padme skin p-a-d-m-e s-k-i-n uh it was it was one for uh the song you're on your own kid um and it was it was intercut paralleling jen and cassian stories and it ended the very end of the edit was the last scene of them hugging on the beach. And that scene already gets me to cry every time I watch it.
1: Oh, is this a sad Taylor Swift song too? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, Cause I, I haven't listened to the album yet.
0: Um. No. Yeah. It's uh, it's not exactly the happiest, mm. but uh, here I'm trying to, there's a lot. Right oh, here. Yeah, like it's, uh, it's really good,
1: but, uh, oh, let me, let me find it. Okay. I, wanna, I, wanna I can it see how some of these lyrics relate. Yeah. I mean, like, and
0: it parallels both of them, you know, the way that they were, they were seemingly left alone on their own th- when they were younger. You're on your own kid. You always have been. You can face this. Like, but then it ends with them together and it's like, oh, that's so cute. That's so cute. But, uh, yeah, so uh I fucking loved that, and like I just know I, I'm holding off on watching Rogue One until after we
1: finish season one of Andor. Oh, that that'll movie, be a good time to rewatch after yeah, that season movie, one's over.
0: That movie already fucks me up and makes me cry every single time. Oh I watch it. shit, it's felt, gonna be like, so
1: much worse. Because
0: I, no. I was already attached. I was attached to mostly Jin watching that movie. Yeah. yeah. You know? Now it's oh, gonna be no.
1: Oh. Fuck that movie just know. keeps getting better. We have called it fine wine before. It is. It is literally the best. It. It's. It's the best Star Wars movie. I
0: want every spinoff you could possibly give me from that show. I want an adaptation of that book, Rebel Rising, showing us Jen growing up with Saw. I want that. Give
1: us Urso. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Give us yeah. the Urso show.
0: Yeah. Give us the um. Urso series, and like, and and then with that, you don't even just have to cover, Jen. Let's head to mm. Galen. See work he's working on the Death Star. He got taken by he got taken by the Empire. Let's see that yeah. shit. You know, like
1: uh... actually see the Death Star get built. Yeah,
0: dude, that'd uh... be nuts. And that would bring us back uh Krennic, played by Ben Mendelssohn, which would be nuts. I want a Guardian of the Wills prequel to Rogue One with Bays and Churret. Like, I want all this shit. Give me it all. I want all the Rogue One spin-offs. But uh Damn. I think it might be time for the rating. This is far and away our longest Andor episode yet. Um it was a good one uh, it, was, it was a damn good one um, And I think it's kind of an indicator Of how this rating will go for us mm. uh, Enjoyment wise how, how much Is this episode resonating With you Ooh. on a scale of 1 to 10
1: I mean Damn it got us to talk about some Real world shit It was just a great episode Of television as well You know to push the story along um, you know, wh- whether there was in- t- insane action, whatever, no. uh, But like, story-wise, this, this, this show strange.
0: continues to just make me go, God, I think I could go a whole Star Wars series without action if that's what they wanted to do. If it was like this?
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Literally, oh my God. I think whenever the show is all said and done and season one is in the books, this- might just be the best Star Wars movie playing episode one to 12 back to back continuously for that long. Have like two intermissions or three intermissions maybe watching in three episode chunks. Yeah. Like, dude, I don't know. This is just like some of the best Star Wars content just ever, ever made. Um, I don't know. I think I'm. This I don't know. I stayed up at t- for 2 a.m. for this one. I watched it after The Tales of the Jedi as well. Um, so I watched The Tales of the Jedi first and then Andor. Um, so I was already hype as fuck in Star Wars mood. Uh, so I'm already hype. And this just kept it going. Um, I don't really think I'm hesitating here. Um for this episode, I think this one's a 10. I think it's a 10 as well. It was I, uh, just so cool. Yeah, every every well, storyline was so cool.
0: Not just that it was so damn good. We, again, you know, last week kind of, got acquaint, kind of got us acquainted with every character, and we did that again. Uh, and then some. You know, we got the ISB side of things. We got Cassian, plus the introduction of all sorts of new characters that he's going to be spending time with in prison. We got mm. Biggs and Brasso with Marva. We got Vel and Cinta again. Like uh we got Mon Mothma doing doing her shit with Take Homa. Like we we hit every stop that we would need to. This episode was so fucking full. And we got we got additions. You know, seeing Andy Circus, seeing Forrest Whitaker pop up, getting a scene between Stellan Skarsgard and Forrest Whitaker is just yeah. nuts. Like uh I, I have no doubt that this was a 10 out of 10. I do think the genre one, this is where it'll get a little more interesting. Uh just because you know, compared to other spy episodes of this show, I don't think it—I don't think it stands up quite as high. Um,
1: yeah, there's no like real planning that's going on. Like, Cassian doesn't have really any say in what's happening right now. It's just he had mm-hmm. like we're seeing just what he has to do right now. Uh, there's no plot. There's no. You know, we see some things. You know, people communicating with each other. Um, we see like a little bit of some plot with that storyline and, but I mean, yeah, as, as far as the spy stuff goes, like it was suspenseful this episode, I'd say, um, like the music, like was keeping me like, I don't know. It was so synthy. So, um, just eerie. The music was this episode. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really dig it, but I don't know. I'd say, I mean, the lowest we've given one this season is episode one. We gave that a nine for the genre,
0: and I mean, I, I think I think I might have to I think I might have to get a new low for the genre side of things, just because it, it was so light on that on that sort of uh yeah that sort of stuff, especially now that we really know what the series is. You know, episode one it was kind of like we were like. In fact, if we went back and watched episode one with the idea of what the series is now, we would probably give it a lower genre rating than we did. Yeah. Um, I, I would, True. I would probably
1: eight five. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, even an eight, like possibly, but that's like still, that's the thing is that an eight is still very good.
0: Yeah, well, and that's the other thing is that, like, but while is it? spy is the spy espionage thriller is sort of the key here, mm. we can't lose sight of the fact that it is also Star Wars. Mm
1: hmm. Fantasy.
0: And on that side
1: of things. Action, adventure, woo. drama. Really? Yeah, right. That's all IMDb gives it. Action, adventure, drama. Um, I mean, the. And on the
0: drama side of things, on the Star Wars side of things, this is knocking it out of the park. I think this one was just falling a little short on the spy, so- spy side of things. Um, so I'm I'm cool with anywhere from an 8 to an 8.5. I think that's fair.
1: I think 8.5 then. Just for the little spy dip. One and a half dip from for the mm. spy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I see. Mm. Now, what's interesting about this episode, now that we're at the critical rating, I'm like this might be the second best episode of the series so far. It was far pretty far damn far. good. Maybe maybe third. Maybe third. You know, yeah. Like it was. I'm I'm like nine five. The way it, this got the way this it's was it scored. perfectly
1: in there. Like I was I was trying to think. I'm like okay, episodes five and six. Um, like the the pre day of the plan and then the day of the 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 day of the mission. Like those ep- those episodes fucked. They were well made. They were exciting as fuck. They fit the genre well. They were... Those two episodes are still the best episodes made of the season. This Mm. is right behind it. Like, it's like, if it had an exciting, flashy moment, like, if it had kind of, like, I don't know, I don't know what that would be, but, like, if it had um, something, I think, like, it could be, like, up there with those episodes, like, um, yeah. No, but that's what? what
0: was so crazy is that it was so exquisitely well done. Uh, and it, it is interesting whenever we frame it like episode five was a nine seven five because there was nothing particularly flashy about that episode either. It was another
1: just we sat around and talked the whole time. Um, Thanks. Yeah, still done a little bit better, and that's why I think a nine five works really well here because we gave like nine seven five to those two, and then um, the next tier down from that would be episode three um reckoning we gave a nine two five critically. Um and, yeah, and you I'm saying like, that, you know, this is like the third best episode made, it's like perf like kind of perfect. Uh that nine five like because that, that's where kind of where my gut was initially anyways. Mm-hmm. Is that it's like this was so well made with what they had and like every storyline was I don't know, it, it was so jumpy around, but in no way was I lost. Never no, 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 no. like um and I was I was it was cut together in a way where everything made sense like everything isn't really connected yet whatsoever but it felt connected um across the entire um everyone's storylines which is really cool um yeah, so man, this, i mean
0: that it was just a it was, it was so fucking well done I've i've watched it twice now and both times i was just like after the first watch i was on the edge of my seat i was tearing up like i was <clears> like just because, yeah. I mean, there was also the fact that it was reminding me of real world shit, and whenever I think about it in the context of being real world shit, I get a little sad. Um, yeah, and uh, it was just, it was just ex- exquisitely well done, and uh, that that brings the episode to a ninety exactly three percent, a
1: nine ties it exactly with episode seven, and just you know a little bit. I mean, episode six is still the king. Um, a 992 that's going to be hard to beat. Episode 6 will be hard to beat. I think I mean I don't know. That's the thing is that that was like the mid-season kind of event that they had. Mm-hmm. Um so I I guess I don't I don't want to get my hopes up. But I mean uh, if
0: they can if they can eventually combine what we got in this episode and episode 5 with the flare and the flash that we got in episode 6, that will be the 10 out of 10 episode.
1: Do you think we could get something where we have Luthen, Mon, Saw, all together on one mission. But what could that mission be? That's maybe
0: not. We, the Death maybe Luthen and Mon. But that's the thing is they all play such a different game. You know, Mon is Mon is not going to go on a mission. Yeah. Saw doesn't want to team up with anybody. And like, I think we could we could get a mission again where we get the whole team back together. Val but it
1: is like the middle ground you have saw who doesn't want to work with anybody uh you have mon who kind of wants to work with everybody if given the chance but you know obviously is kind of secretive about it a little bit but then you have luthan who's the careful person who wants to be known but not nec- keep the circle a little bit smaller you know uh mm. so it's like you have every side of the spectrum and i'm trying to think of any way that all of these storylines could come together to you know it, to be all happening at the same time, you know, all I, think,
0: I think what this is all building towards is the rebellion on Ferex. Like, I think that's the conclusion of this season is, is oh. up the empire on Feryx. Um, in okay. that I think we'll get, you know, Sinta's still there. Give Vela call, get her to come back. Bix, Brasso, Marva, Cassian comes back. Then we're facing Narc and Deidre. Like, I think that's kind of what we're building towards. Is like the maybe Luthen comes back for that fight, you know? But uh,
1: maybe that building that the prefect took over then becomes kind of like a, a central hub for the rebellion for like a little mm, bit when they take it so back over. So over cool. For like, cool. yeah, yeah. um, so cool. I guess the bell tower is still there. Fog, mm. I we I need more bell tower, I need um, more bell ringer guy. I, I got a fever. And, and, you know, the only prescription is, is more just, cowbell. it's just more of that damn bell tower, boy. I I need, I need more cowbell. More tower bell. More tower bell. <laughs> I got a fever. I got a fever. Ah. But, a fever. but, but yeah, I don't know. I I think, I, crazy enough, Diego fight- Luna has not gotten, uh, or not Diego Luna, Cassian Andor has not gotten the character nod, but the bell ringer has. In episode
0: two, see, and that's Thank a good
1: you. example of what I'm looking for yeah, for my favorite yeah, exactly, character exactly I also, you know, gave,
0: I also gave a favorite character to the Aldani leader like
1: the the elder the yeah.
0: leading their yeah. leading their shit in episode six Fuck like yeah. that was the bet like my favorite episode of the season, and I picked the Fuck aldani yeah. the Aldani leader, you know like i'm not uh I'm not exactly going full like mm. if there's a new interesting edition like Nemec, Hell yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pick pygmyc, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. shit like that. But it's like I feel like the the love for Cassian is almost implied. Uh, yeah, we, it's like we, we shower we shower Diego Luna with praise every single episode. People know we fuck with Diego Luna as Cassian Andor. You know, there's no yeah. there's no hesitation there. Um,
1: yeah, he's gotten let's see, two performance nods from me and, and three from me. There we go. So yeah, I mean. He's killing it. He's, he's killing, killing the game. It. He's just um, even as a worked prisoner, he's still hot as hell. So beautiful man, beautiful
0: yeah. man, killing it. I mean, last last week we got Keith Gergo titties, yeah, shirtless in the sh- shirtless in the shower. I was like, okay, who, this is kind of hot. Who are
1: they want next? Was it? I don't know. I saw like a tweet where it was like, uh, you know, the collection has grown, and it was like, we got oh, small yeah. Kylo, was, we got yeah, uh, him was, in the shower. Was, who was the
0: uh, uh, Anakin waking up? In his bed, shirtless. Okay. Yeah, uh,
1: right. I saw someone who was like, alright, you're next now. And I forgot who it was, though.
0: Probably were... uh, Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian.
1: Oh, yeah,
0: true. Okay, fair. Yeah. Yeah. But we never see him without his armor. We're not going to see him without his shirt off. Um,
1: oh, we don't know that. He's getting more loose with the helmet. Who's to yeah, say? You know, does yeah, he get yeah. loose with the...
0: It'd be so funny seeing him shirtless with nothing but the helmet on.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> that? He gets. He actually finds a girl. You know, he, he he settles down and he's like, all right, yeah, I can, I'll have sex, but I can't show her my face yet. He's still not over that quite yet. So he's like, I'll show oh, okay. you my body. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sorry. The helmet stays on during sex.
0: Uh, <laughs> and what was also funny about the tweet you were talking about with, uh, it was like shirtless, uh, Cassian, shirtless Anakin, shirtless, uh, Kylo, and it was shirtless Obi Wan. <laughs> But Obi Wan was out of the back to tank, and he was—he looked like a wet cat.
1: <laughs> so like everyone else was like walking. All him. sexy and yeah. like, how oh, nice. And Obi Wan's just oh dang man. Oh, that's
0: so funny. That's so funny though. Um, but hell yeah, Andor yeah. episode eight, Narqina five comes to a ninety-three percent on the good old Penny Bloom rating scale. Um, and what a what a goodie. What a goodie
1: that this mm. was. Um, of the about 1,000 people who rated it on IMDb so far, gave it an 8.5. So um, I guess do that with what you will. Gave it a whole point higher critically. Um, there you that's go. That's because, I don't know, I love some Star Wars. And these oh, people, dude, I love
0: me some Star Wars. Yeah. I love me some Star Wars. But uh, with that... I think we'll conclude this because this is a behemoth of an episode. We've (laughs) arrived at the two hour and 40 minute mark. If you would head to patreon.com slash corobloom, C-O-R-O-B-L-O-O-M, where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content. See, two hours and 40 minutes is just a drop in a bucket compared to that. Uh, And all that's available at patreon.com slash corobloom for three bucks a month. You can support this podcast and it means a great deal to me because it costs me money. And I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. So that would be a great help. If you would, head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom podcast. Uh, If you're fucking with me and Joe, uh, every Monday, starting next Monday, Winter is Blooming Begins, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast uh, where you can expect, uh, again, some behemoth episodes, I, I anticipate, on on Game of Thrones for the next 73 weeks. Uh, 73 episodes of Thrones, 73 episodes covering it. and We cannot wait to get into that. So winter is blooming. That starts next Monday, and I cannot wait. Uh, The 52-year journey through film is ongoing. This Friday brings us to 2013's Wolf of Wall Street. Last Friday was 2012's Django Unchained. We've got movie coverage going all the way back to 1970 from January 1st and every friday after we've covered a movie from every succeeding year so go check all we got monstrous content over here just we're Bo burnham in this shit look i made you some content daddy made you your favorite open wide um (laughs) with that i was colton robertson i was joined by joseph george thank you very much homie
1: oh thank you for having me it's always a pleasure to be here
0: oh and it is always a pleasure to have you and remember peace love and
1: bloom And I am the one with clarity of purpose.